Hey everyone, and welcome to F4 Obsessed, a deep dive, a weekly show where we discuss F4 Thailand from a symbolic and meta perspective. I'm Ty, your host, and my co-host is Marie Claire, who I call MC. Say hi, MC. What is this show? <laughs> We're just like endlessly going to be screaming that for like I was just hoping to get time. <laughs> I was just hoping to get it out of my system so I'm not just shouting it out randomly as we approach like these key moments or these things that happen. And sometimes it's just like subtle stuff in the background and you're like, why yeah. show? Why? What is the show? Yeah. A lot of us were screaming that today on Twitter, on, I had a live watch with some people and in our chat, we were saying it like, it was just, it was crazy episode, crazy episode. So Let's do our weekly stuff before we get into episode 14, the chessboard. Mm -hmm. First things first. So these comments are obviously from last week, uh, episode 13. Glowcar said, after all the criticism about the kiss last week and all the talk about Tom being hit by Goya the week before, I've been pondering what it is exactly that is making some people dissatisfied with the portrayal of the main couple and of Tom in particular. I don't claim to be a mind reader, but what I'm suspecting is that Tom looking somewhat pathetic after being kicked in the nuts or Tom giving a delicate first kiss to Goya instead of a steamy one doesn't, does not align with the masculinity often found in the male lead and other mm. Hana Yori Dango iterations. In those versions, the male lead often teases the female lead and or pushes her against the wall and forces a first kiss on her. I did enjoy all those male leads, but unlike some, I'm enjoying Tom not being so macho. It's not the first time I've noticed romance audiences not warming up to these kinds of archetypal, archetypal male leads when shown in a pathetic light or when they are made the butt of the joke. It is interesting how our subconscious clings to a certain type of masculinity and finds it hard to get used to a less aggressive version of it. I would argue that this is the reason why beta male leads such as Nam Do San and Startup or Sion Gyon in Run On confuse audiences so much. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is, <laughs> this is like an anti-patriarchal telling of Hannah Yuri Dango. And so it's going to have a lead as he transforms and is more in touch with his emotions. The violence has to go away because as Bell Hooks would remind us, the language of domination and love cannot exist. It's a lie mm. to say that these things can exist. That doesn't mean that like you can't be rougher if that like that's your thing mm -hmm. right in kissing yeah. mm -hmm. but it's it's not the way that this character tom wants to show his love towards goya and it's completely in character that he is softer because he's finally in touch with his emotions right there's a contradicted uh, there's a contradiction that's happening here a little bit right because like uh, we expect this character to be more aggressive in mm -hmm. every version. There is a moment in which he is aggressive and then there's growth. And then we see him really, he's just this virginal, you know, innocent kind of, you yeah. know, he's not, he's, he's kind of harmless 
as he develops, as you kind of re, you know take off those layers of aggression and dominance, that's in every version. It yeah. just happens to be that like in this version, Tom, we had, we have, first of all, there's the time factor. There's like, we have less time to explore the character, but then there's also the factor of like, he's more intimate with her from the very beginning. Like he's more in her face in the beginning and she pushes him and they push each other like physically that I think that a lot of people just sort of expected there to be more physicality in their relationship upon the first kiss and that's yeah not because again like I said before this is like a contradiction it's 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 a fun contradiction it's supposed to be like like yes Tom is all powerful and all confident and really physical and they're physical with each other however they're really just innocent and they're really just you know this is their first kiss and we're supposed to take some kind of delight in that yeah, I think I, I also think that like when their first kiss happens in their journeys, like he's brand new from mm -hmm. a psychology perspective, he is rebuilding <laughs> his ego. And so like, absolutely does not want to become the old him. That's yeah. also like yeah. really key. And, um, we're not just quite at his mm -hmm. point in his journey where he becomes the master of life and death. Like that's actually like a really important step. And uh, also from an anti-patriarchal storytelling perspective, knowing when violence is required versus not violence is part of the journey. Right. You become wise enough to know when you need to fight versus not. Right. Yeah. He will become someone that can like scoop her up and like kiss yeah. her super romantically, like eventually, but he's not. And, and be there. like the sexual aggressor. Like that's yes. what people are like wanting, but like, he's actually not there psychologically yeah. in as a character. So yeah, he's, he's innocent. And so we have to recognize that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next comment is PJJK. I love the fact that Hanning and Gowan's journey is acknowledged by the rest of the F4. The show really shows how close they are as a group. In other versions, they just left their friends to go on their own devices. Like, come on, aren't you supposed to be tight? Yeah. I love <laughs> this about this version. It's like, everybody is in everybody else's business because they're all <laughs> kind of like a family and they care about each other. And so that's why it's so disconcerting mm. when one of them is like, I'm going to be off on my own, like Goya throughout the season or mm. Tom in this particular episode. Yeah, exactly. They're very much, they're tight. And, and I, I like the fact that, you know, hunting is kind of like a part of the group and, she is pulled along in a lot of, in a lot of ways. A lot of people have talked about the fact that I've read some, I've read some comments, man, about how this show should be called the F4 Thailand. Like it should be called F4. It should, you know, should have a different name because it's leaving out Goya. And we've talked about this before, about how the story is essentially 
Goya's story still. It's still mm-hmm, the female mm-hmm. lead's story. It's just being told through the lens of these four guys and how these four guys are affecting her and how she's affecting the four of them. But then also they're bringing Honey along on this journey, yeah. which is just extra special. So if you think that this is just about the F4, then you're not watch- you're not watching the same show. <laughs> yeah, and explicitly in the symbolism, the kingdom that they manage slash control fairy tale wise is F4. Yeah. It's like their banner and their crest and their flag and what they're building towards for themselves. So it's more of a tale of like transformation. Yeah. And a country like, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know? So, so the, the flag, yeah, the flag of the F4 and what they stand for, we talked about this last episode about like the uh, transformation of symbols and how they evolve over time and they have, they take on different meanings. The F4 as a kingdom, that the kingdom that they roll over, like that's going to transform and that's going to be, that's going to be something new. And that's essentially why the show is probably called that. Yep. Is, is in order to like really shine a light on the journey at the beginning and then what actually happens at the end. So, and there's, there's something sort of metatextual happening because Patha is so aware of the politics and the socio-political state of Thailand Yeah, that like, he's kind of saying, I'm going to speak for Patha here. He can <laughs> feel free to tell me I'm wrong, but in some ways they're saying F4 Thailand is like, imagine if we could create a fairy tale about how we could transform Thailand. Yeah. It that's it. That's how it's their own cultural take on it is it's saying because the, the fantasy gonna, of it. Yeah. It's going to be big. The transformation that is going to happen to the ruling group is going to be big it's going to be fairy tale-esque yeah definitely they didn't have to call it f4 thailand other than to brand that it's from thailand <laughs> but it's very specific about a fairy tale lens to what's happening right and uh i've been we're going to talk a little bit about wild women stuff and like mm. clarissa pico Pinkola Estes, yeah. Yeah. Um, She says at one point, a story is a seed and we are its soil. Just hearing the story allows us to experience it as though we ourselves are the heroine who falters and wins out in the end. Yeah. Because that's what stories do. Like that's exactly. And like, imagine if we can imagine a fairy tale ending Mm. to all of the horrible stuff that we go through on a daily basis. Can't we maybe imagine that for ourselves? Right. Because the first step to, you know, moving towards a better world is to imagine a better world. So. And to visualize it and focus on it. Yeah, exactly. The next comment is a blonde tapperware. Tom, the love of my life is the girl who stood up to me. Ren, the girl I loved left me behind Gawain the love of my lifelong friend left me and I've been broken since MJ KFC (laughs) (laughs) 
both depressing and hysterical. I, I apologize <laughs> to everybody. It's amazing. I, I, <laughs> I love how much like the product placement is part of this show. Oh, it's so tied into the story yeah, at like, this point. It's ridiculous. I've been writing my fanfic and I included a lactosoy moment in the latest chapter because I'm like, you gotta, like, you gotta, if, <laughs> if someone's going to have a heart to heart, they have to hand the other person a lactosoy beverage. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it's been <laughs> in the show. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> so funny. Uh, Ia B said, one of my favorite arcs in Hani Yori Dango is Sojiro's arc, the Gawain character, because of the lesson it teaches us about once in a lifetime opportunities and that there is really more than what meets the eye. For the non-manga readers, in the Japanese version, of course, in the manga, there is a Japanese idiomatic expression that is always being said, which is something that is also used in traditional tea ceremony, which is Ichigo Ichii literally meaning one time, one meaning, or it's most commonly translated as a once in a lifetime opportunity. I kind of felt sad because they didn't talk about it in this version until I heard your thoughts about the camera. And it just clicked in my mind <laughs> that this is the version of the, that this version of the camera is the metaphor for the idiomatic expression because the moments captured in a camera are a one-time thing and you truly have to be in that moment to fully experience and understand what it means. And later on, when she appears in his life again, she is no long she no longer uses that camera. Yep. So that That's was the that was better way of explaining it than we did last week. But that was what <laughs> we were going for. Thank you for clarifying that for the audience, because yeah, exactly. And, and you have to be in the right place in the right time to capture a memory. Uh, capturing a memory doesn't guarantee that you're going to experience what you were experiencing by capturing it. There's lots of really cool metaphoric stuff going on with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like the summary as well. All right. So let's do our who, what, where this week, uh, MC went through uh, all of MJ's outfits and I love it. She kept telling me how difficult it was. I mean, it was difficult to do Gawain, uh, right? I haven't done but, him yet. Cause. Oh, but you've been working on him though. Oh, right? oh yeah. No, I'm still, I'm still working on him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this, this week, uh, I think you're going to do Gawain last week, but you did it. And so you were going to do it this week, but I still, I owe, I owe Gawain. He's, he's just, yeah. Um, I mean, MJ is actually very solid, right? He is the moon. <laughs> he is, he's pretty like consistent. He's not as consistent yeah. as like, I would say Tom or Ren, but or, or even Goya, but he's, he's yeah. more, one of the more consistent ones. Like he uh, typically wears black with a ring of white mm. or some level of white and black with sparkles because he shines like the moon yeah. um he's almost always wearing a chanel necklace yes um which is the two reversed c's and it literally and usually he's wearing the one that's like lighter and darker mm. and so it looks like two crescent moons that are in the phase of transitioning yeah and and we he actually full-on wears a moon on the event of tom's birthday because he is the moon yep. we've talked about how um 
Domaji actually calls him that in the manga. Yes. Yeah. He right. Because he heals everyone. others and right. pull and pulls and and makes sure that they're okay. But there's some more things that are going on with his his outfit than just that. He often wears things like kind of if you look at the middle of the slide he often wears things that are like in reflection of how tom is feeling or what tom needs in that moment mm. so um him and gowan specifically actually dress the way tom expects them to dress or or like <laughs> secret tom or reflecting tom like um <laughs> Uh, Tom in the opening scenes where he's like throwing the bullies into the pool that didn't hurt Goya the way that right. he wanted him to be hurt. Like they're, they're wearing like, uh, it's like they got a memo or something because MJ's wearing flowers and black, which is what Tom is wearing. Right. And uh, Gowin is wearing red. <laughs> which are the flowers, <laughs> which on. are the flowers. It's yeah. like, and, and they do that all the time. Like if, right. if, um, Tom is wearing black and white, like often one will be in black and one will be in white because they're mm. kind of like the devil and angel on his shoulder. And they're always like sort of there, um, or the opening scene, Tom w walks in and he's wearing his full animal garb. Gowan is wearing fur uh, and MJ is wearing kind of like black and leather. So they're both mm. wearing like animal skins, like <laughs> support him. Yeah. Another example is when Tom is like depressed in the bar, um, because Goya dared to go and be an escort for a hot minute. Um, <laughs> he's Tom is wearing like plaid underneath his black fur mm. and MJ is wearing plaid over top of a fuzzy sweater. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's like opposite. So it's like funny. opposite. Like he's trying to like pull him out of his shell. Yeah. And then we also get um, MJ wearing sort of often, like even last episode he wore, or this episode and last episode, sort of like these palm trees or like sort of like the feeling of Goya's seeds like that we get occasionally in like the marketing material mm. it's palm trees on the back of his shirt but it looks like Goya's seeds are like the drawing on her shoe yeah definitely yeah um additionally he also dresses like a cowboy <laughs> yeah so he wears <laughs> he wears a bolo uh Prada bolo quite often and the shoes and mm. the best I could come up with it with this is that he's a lone ranger <laughs> Because he's all alone. That's cute. Yeah. Well, and the moon is yeah. the moon is typically seen as being very lonely, and because, yeah, the whole like light and dark and the rotation of it, the fact that there's always one side that's in the dark. Yeah. Uh, so there's like a loneliness factor going on there. So yeah. yeah, and he wears he wears colors when he's trying to reflect like the feelings of the overall group. Like if they're all having a party, he'll wear more colors or he'll wear more joy directly on his shirt. Like yep. he tends to reflect like the happiness of F4 as a crew, mm. sort of like his song, Best Life. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very thematic and on point for what his character is. Uh, he wears purple when <laughs> I, I know because uh, the couple times that he does wear purple, it's like really shocking suddenly. Yeah. Um, and he but... wears purple. Well, his room is purple. That's primarily right. like when he wears 
purple, it's like, it's, yeah, it is shocking. He doesn't (laughs) wear it very often though. No, but it is still like his color because his room is that color. Right. It has like the the purple lights. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that he wears black so much in high school because he's kind of under Tom and Tom expects him to be like his dirty deeds guy. Right. And also like his dad's profession quote unquote so it's like yep. black doesn't show blood for the work I need to do yeah because he's we've talked about this before his archetype is typically the warrior yeah so he is yeah he's the one that has to do the dirty deeds or he gets his he gets his like his helpers like he has like people that help him do the stuff so he doesn't yeah. technically get his hands dirty but he is the one that like handles that those types of deeds in the group it's very hitman like you know like yeah he's, <laughs> he's there to do the dirty jobs yeah totally well that's awesome yep so that is mj that's a fun one all right so let's go into where tom is on his journey currently we're using the hero's journey to template his where he's at. Um, a couple of things have changed. So last week we were at kind of the ultimate boon and the refusal of the return. And some things have started to smush together, which we've talked about this for both Goya and Tom's journeys. Things are going to smush together at the very end. These steps don't have to take place one after the other, as they kind of did in the first part of the journey. Now everything's going to kind of happen all at once, um, Mm -hmm. in many different ways. So, so the refusal of the return can happen many different ways for Tom. We've definitely seen that like, because of the fact that, uh, Goya is left, he's definitely stuck where he's at. Like there is no, like he regresses back into somewhat of a monster, but you know, he can't go back. Yeah. He can't go completely back. I wrote down in my notes, he's very bad at being bad. Yeah, exactly. He's not the monster that he was before. He's, he can't be the high chair tyrant, especially. Yeah. He is now matured to a certain level where he can't go back. So he's stuck as opposed to being completely regressed. He's simply stuck where he was. Um, and he's obviously he's making not good decisions, but they're not evil and he's not completely monstrous. Uh, the t- step that typically comes after the refusal of the return is crossing through the third threshold, which is the return threshold. And that's typically caused by the death of the mentor. However, <laughs> we don't really have that for Tom because the mentor that would have, you know, seemingly died or symbolically died at least has already left. Um, and that seems to have pushed him further into his refusal to return yeah so in the next slide i have changed this slightly uh we're gonna take out the death of the mentor because it doesn't apply to him it might still but we don't know yet like we'll have to see what happens but currently it doesn't seem like that's gonna apply to him because we'll talk about in our speculation um but the next step the refusal or the the return threshold is probably going to be combined with the rescue from without where the f3 are going to help him out of him being stuck and him you know refusing to return so so we'll, we'll we'll skip spoiler talk for now we'll talk about that in the 
uh, speculation of what it is that the F3 do for him to pull him and make him cross the return threshold where he is returning back to the community and he's going to finally bring that elixir back and change the company, therefore change the the community, therefore change the world, the country, whatever. Yeah. So, all right. And Goya's heroine's journey, she's finally fallen through the second threshold, my girl. And we will absolutely talk about this at length when we get to it in the episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. This is so exciting. Uh, She has descended to the goddess within and the first goddess that she meets, which is, this can happen many different ways. There are many goddesses that you can meet on your descent. They can reflect your a mother. They can reflect the crone, the maiden, the, you know, sexual awakening type of stuff. There could be a lot of different things that could like pop up in your like descent mm-hmm. uh, to your inner power. But Goya's first goddess that she meets is the dark mother, the dark feminine, Mm-hmm. Um, who is kind of a multi-faced god. She's the the crone, the maiden, and the mother, like she, mother, maiden, crone. Um, and she is so important for Goya because she, uh, in a sense, uh, kills her instantly and makes her devoid of all of her, all of her power and all of her yep. empathy and everything and just sucks all of the life out of her and shoves her into the underworld which is super, super, super important for her journey. So why, why are underworlds important? <laughs> because it's, it's, it, that's the part of, uh, the life, the understanding, the life and death, the, the importance of life and death. Like you have to journey to the underworld. You have to understand that like this ends in death. Yeah. And like, and the being and- the master of both worlds mm-hmm. takes that. And psychologically, we need to, like, as many people, there's like an adage, right? You have to hit rock bottom before you can actually grow and rebuild yourself. And we saw this happen with Tom when he literally hit rock bottom, Mm. right? He, He went as low as he could go being beaten up by the people he used to be beaten up he used to be yeah up. right 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 but for women it's actually because um and heroines mm. it's actually because this is the only way that they can truly touch and understand that the power that they needed this whole time was always within them yes. they needed they needed to be stripped of all of the pretenses and the layers and the allies and the different aspects that kept them propped up this whole Mm -hmm. time and actually understand what is going on and the heroine's journey and like the wild woman archetype it all comes down to basically knowing within your bones Mm. you're actually a goddess from within yeah and and that meaning that you have the power to to change your life to do what you need to do to do what is and you have this potential within you to change things for the better and to do things that you need and want to do to fulfill your wants and needs and to just simply put to just be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murdoch talks a lot about the state of being and how mm-hmm. it takes work to just be um, and how important that is to not focus so much on working, 
but to to be um mm-hmm. I think that's something we'll talk about probably going into to next week with Goya's journey um because she hasn't learned that yet no she's still working um, she's just been stripped of who she thought she was yes that's yes. that's what's important is like she was literally like taken out mm. of everything she thought she was like one by one each protection that she thought she had in place mm. was taken from her yeah yeah so now she has to do her own kind of version of rebuilding her ego in a way it's kind of an ego death but it's it's different than the the hero's journey it's a it's a rediscovering of yeah. something within. So. Sometimes this happens in caves. Sometimes this happens in forests. Mm-hmm. It's it's a connection with the with uh, the fundamental. And and sometimes you'll see it happen where you see you're inside of yourself, like how this happens in fiction. You'll see an image of a person, a woman, seeing a version of themselves in a mirror or yeah. in a pool, and mm-hmm. it's it's understanding that that person, that idealistic version is actually you. Yeah. Stripped of everything that you're actually still the ideal version. Goya is both the grass and the star, the shooting star. And she needs to see herself as the shooting star. Yeah. And she can't yet. She can't yet. That's why she's still where she's at on her journey. She has to facing that dark mother, rebuilding herself, understanding when she reconnects with her family, reconnecting with that inner power, mm-hmm. having, having a moment where she does see her reflection or sees her power and understands her power. That's going to be kind of that moment for her where she says, ah, I am not only worthy to be with Tom, I'm worthy of like being as powerful as he is and we're, and working together. Right. Cause there's yeah. a lot of that in this episode about how, yeah. Like he's like, you're going to be with me. And, and she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, no, I don't see that. And yeah, like that's really part of this is that like, this is so fundamental to the heroine's journey that like yeah. at some point you need to realize the power was in you the whole time. It, yeah. you brought it along and you just had to be stripped enough to see it. Totally. <laughs> so I mean, she's got to suffer a lot. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, you suffer right. more when you're more stubborn. very true she is very very stubborn all right so let's get into the episode uh episode 14 the chessboard Ah, yeah (laughs) crazy stuff I mean we were we were calling this we were like there's gonna be some sort of chess metaphor as like queen's gambit or the chess game and the chessboard is perfect because it's like well this is this has been a setup yes and you've walked into you know uh a fork yeah, the way that she sets all this up, it has to be called mm-hmm. the chessboard. It has to yeah. be called the chessboard. So, all right. So we start off right at the beginning. Uh, Aunt Yu comes in to Tom's room, uh, breaks the rule. <laughs> yep. Tom, something bad has happened. Uh, and then we cut to Goya's house, obviously being torn apart from the last episode. Yeah. Um, I, I love the worker guy. He's like, we were ordered to destroy. So we've got to destroy. Okay. So (laughs) 
violence symbolism, right? The only way that you can dominate is through destruction and yep. it's through violence. And this is a very violent act that is, again, we talked about it stripping away one of the layers of who Goya thought she was. She was like, this is me. This is my memories. Am I just my memories? Right. 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 But no, um, you can, yeah. because you're not, yeah, you're more than that. You need to build something new. We talked about that a little bit last week about how really important it is that her home is being destroyed because her and Tom have to build a new home together. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is just the beginning of that. And she does take her memories from the home, right? She takes the things that matter the most to her. Yeah. Cause which, you carry those with you, right? Like that's, yeah. you carry the things that are most important with you um, in your brain and in your psyche. It's really interesting. Cause I do think this is a semi metaphor for Goya being scared to marry Tom too, or be <laughs> with him permanently because like suddenly she is owned by Tom. Yeah. And the she, Par- Paramount group. Yeah. Yeah. And now she, well, yeah. And she doesn't want to stay with him. She wants to be with honey. Yeah. And, yeah. So there's, there's some, there's stuff some happening. Stuff. Yeah. I love that. It's red too. It's very like red oh, it, notice. It's, it's a the red, red card. card. <laughs> yeah. I gave her a red card. Literally. <laughs> we were all screaming in our live chat group. We watched it live together that it's a red card. Like, Oh goodness. It's just so literal. It's so literal. Um, and then we get the phone call to Goya from the mom and she explains to her what she's doing, but she says like, if you want to come over, we can talk about this. You know, this is her from the very beginning. She's been trying to get Goya to come to her and Goya eventually does exactly what she wants her to do, which is, uh, it just shows how ruthless she is. Talk negotiation. Like, yeah. Yeah, we can, we can talk, just come over here and we can talk. Um, and, but, but Tom interrupts this call and gets in her way and says, mom, no, like Mm -hmm. stop playing this game. Um, she tells her to stop playing this game. And then she explains to him, no, the world is a board game. I'm going to, I'm going to continue playing this game. And she also says, if you think you can stop it, show me. So it's a challenge for him to play the game with her because she's already on her rules too. Like that's part of it. And like they, part of this is that like Tom and Goya have to change the rules of the game to truly change, play a different game. Yeah. And change, change the society. You have to change everything. Now, let me just throw this out there because somebody made this point on Twitter and I thought it was so funny that. Mm -hmm. Uh, the mom's game is chess, but Goya and Tom's, uh, games are basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, I mean, not they play literally. pass, they pass yes. things to each other. Exactly. So yeah. not literally, I wish it would be literally, I wish they would play Rosalind at a game of basketball. I think that would be hilarious, but not literally, but figuratively and symbolically the passing stuff that they talked about last episode. Also, just the fact that basketball is a team sport. Yeah. And the fact that Rosalind does not have allies. Like she is alone. She has pawns. Yes. So she, at the end of the day, her chess game, it's not going to work against the, the passing the ball that they have going on to each other. Cause they're going to change the game. They're going to change the rules. They're going to change the game. They're going to change the board. 
and I mean, that's going to bring her down. I think we might get a return of enemies to allies. Like all the enemies that were formerly enemies will turn to allies just because yeah. of something that uh, Rosalind said in a confrontation. But again, it's because he has an entire team behind him and exactly. it's not just F4 and Goya. It's, it's the, all the people along the way that Goya has healed. Oh, okay. I think I, right? know I, yeah. I, it, it's, it's like, they, they're saying things that are very purposeful in the script. Mm. They're like, unless they like, they could totally do it and it will be so good. Yeah. Like so meaningful, so meaningful, yep. especially because Goya is this person that helps people grow. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. I so- love the, the golf like angry yep. golf stuff. Yep. I mean, this is MJ's house. You can see the purple in the background. Yep. Um, because this is his house. And they then, always like, play games here. They always yeah. like, kind of just chill out and like I yeah, they always like play darts and like all of that. So yeah. This is kind of a place of refuge for them, but it's also in the dark. So it's kind of hiding away. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of his outfit, by the way? I, I have to ask you about this. Tom's outfit? Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. my goodness. Well, we've been talking about it because we, we've been seeing it like the whole lace thing. Yeah. And- <gasps> well, and it's the original uh, shirt that he yeah. wore underneath his jacket that she stripped off of him, his animal skin. So he's, he's fully di- displaying that he is, you know, covered it's- in flowers and growth. Lace is also very feminine. So mm-hmm. the fact that it's, uh, he's exposing that part of himself is meaning yeah. like he is now, he's no longer like ashamed of being gentle. In touch with, with his emotions. Yeah. And being kind and gentle and thinking about people and humanity. Exactly. Oh, yeah. so good. It's so good. And the F4 yeah. warn him here that, you know, the mom is serious this time and they are reading the news again, again, the newspaper stuff coming back. Um, race against time again, time, 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 time. time. Yep, yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, we're being watched. So like there's, so they, sh- they show him like, look, Hey, she wants you to like take over the company. Like you need to understand that she's expecting you to work. And then, uh, Gawain says that his parents have called him and tried to to bring him home, mm-hmm. like basically to keep him on a short leash. Mm-hmm. So that means that all of them are being watched, which is interesting. If you think about the, uh, fact that, um, Ren's family name shows up on those papers later. So yes, on the IRA, the, his, the medical papers. Yeah. So that's his, from his family's name, his family's hospital. So this is all the mom making her moves to try to keep them away from each other, to try to keep them from organizing against her. Yeah. I have that, like, she's using all of the routes to cut off all of Tom's and Goya's allies. She's doing both at the same time, but she starts with F4 because they are the most powerful. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And also like, it's, it's really interesting because it's like, like she's saying like, he's going to take over this large division Mm -hmm. and gives a timeline to it. Tom says something where he says, so they basically tell him like, you need to just look out for Goya. Like, don't worry about us. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, Goya's with Haning, you know how she is. Yeah. 
And this is so interesting because we talked about before, like, you know, Goya just, she wants to be with her feminine allies. She wants to be with her, her girlfriends. And again, this is all of that, like urgent yearning to be with the feminine. Yeah. And because she has been living in this world where she is constantly under threat and where she, uh, this masculine world and whatnot, and she doesn't recognize Tom's change in a certain way. Like she doesn't recognize kind of the, his inner feminine that he's exuding. He's trying to show her. She doesn't completely trust him in that way yet. Mm -hmm. And, and that comes apparent like in some later conversations. So she's constantly going back to like hunting. And this is why she couldn't separate herself from Lita before she couldn't Mm -hmm. separate herself from Mira before that. Like she's constantly doing this to try to get away and pushing herself away from, uh, from Tom. And it's just very interesting to me that it's like a pattern because it's so explicit. Um, but yeah, so, but then Ren says, uh, he tells Tom very plainly, he says, you know, look, you're the only one. Mm-hmm. You are the only one, not, not hunting, not anyone else. You're the only one that understands Goya the most. Yeah. He and tries, then we get this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, like he, Ren recognizes that like they make each other better and thus mm-hmm. the rest of the world mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Super and like, perceptive. he's just, he, Tom is just like doubting himself, I think a little bit because he still thinks that Goya doesn't want him around well yeah because she doesn't like yeah she does she doesn't know the full extent of his growth because yeah like she has she she can't recognize all of the journey pieces that he's already been through whereas she still has to go through them yeah exactly she needs to go through these these uh same pieces as well yeah yeah um so all right. So then the, we see that the honey, obviously with the honey badger, she saved the honey badger. It's the only thing we can actually see that she saved from the house was just really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we did get that one moment where uncle Ga is like, you know, we're dealing with real power now mm. and you need to like it. And, and like Goya's like, I just can't accept her trying to keep me away from Tom. Which is so interesting. Mm, yeah. It's just, it's just before, you know, like this moment where they go into the room he offers her, the sanctuary. Right, right. right. Um, but he's like, well, you need to fight for me too. And in such a subtle way that is saying like, Goya, this journey is really important because you're going to be fighting for kind of like the soul of everybody. Yeah. And like what we're going to be. Yeah, but she's not ready to take on that no responsibility no. yet. Yeah, and then yeah. he brings her to a white murder room. No, <laughs> it's no, like it's, it's so funny. It's, so a couple, yeah, a couple of things like also like hunting. I, I wanted to call out hunting's uh, earrings because we talked about oh her earrings yeah, last yeah 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 episode. She has on these really big daisy earrings, and they're much bigger than the ones she's worn previously. She's grown. Yeah, she's grown, which I think is adorable because they're daisies. We talked about the fact that she typically wears daisies when she's mm-hmm. more, you know, not as uh, developed. And then she had the gold, the little bitty gold uh, flowers. And now she has these big blooming daisies. So it just shows how much she's grown. Um, and this, yes, this room that is white and it's covered in flowers is basically our room from one last 
cry, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's it's a hibernation room. Like it's a yeah. uh, it it reminded when I saw this, I'm like, what are they doing in a hospital? Because <laughs> it's so white. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a place for her to heal. Like if you think about the words yeah. from one last cry, um, a place to to be my to be my own place to have, mm-hmm. you know, to just think and to feel and to be and all of that. Like this is her space. It doesn't last very long, which is so funny. Um, or so sad, I guess. Yeah. But uh, but this is this is a place for her to be herself for a hot second before yeah. she is told well, you, you can't have that. You need to be stripped of everything that you are in order yeah. to find that. Well, she, she briefly tries to rebuild herself literally right. with a montage and, and her nights at service. And like they use, they use, um, Gowan walks in and calls her my lady. Uh, they use army, they use force. They're like, did you get the trumpets though? Did yeah. You, you the got the tru- yeah. trumpets. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like they're saying they like the kingdom is with- here for you. Yeah. Yeah. They literally have like trumpets yeah. that announce that Tom is entering and then, yeah. Every, the king is here. Yeah. The king is here. We're here to help. My lady killed me. Um, and then we get the best montage ever. Yes, it is the best montage ever. It's amazing. Oh, and I also wanted to call it the fact that, yeah, when he says the four of us will be your force, he also says, uh, I've thought this through. Like, I have a plan that we've mm-hmm. been here before with these two. We've we've been here before. We know the hurt's coming. Uh, but again, it's that idea like he is trying to get her to trust him and to trust them like as a couple and she's not willing to fully do that um but yeah cutest montage we also get that uh best life yeah the best life oh no no it's not best life is it I thought it was was shooting. I thought it was the, and it's my best life. Mm, I think that's later. I think this is where during during the montage, it's best life. No, it's a wrap. It's his wrap. It's best life. I thought it was from shooting star. Mm-mm. okay oh I'll well just, we fight we fight no, I'll, tr- I'll trust you but, I'll trust you You've but the honey badger there's like this cute there's a couple of cute moments where like Tom is sitting down she tries to get him up she falls down they both stand up together which is yeah. like metaphorical and then she smacks him with the honey badger but he fixes the honey badger's little like necktie and then he tries to like take a really super uncomfortable up close selfie of her and then <laughs> then they get the full everybody in the selfie yeah they this is where that that picture comes from yeah so we've seen the picture before we ne- we never knew exactly where it came from this is where it comes from which is adorable um, Tom is probably just happy that she kept the honey badger yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we get uh, Tom helping Goya with her clothes, which is very right. reminiscent of when Goya had to organize Tom's clothes when he she was at his house. Yes. So and like metaphorically, this is like when you take out your baggage, right, put it all on display and have your partner organize it. I mean, she literally had like a black bag mm-hmm. with all of her stuff in it. And it's here a trash she bag. Yeah. Sorting it out, sorting out sorting her garbage. And, yeah. and he sees all of the different faces of her, all of her different, like what, what she wears, right. Mm. All of the different things that he's given her, like, or that he's seen her in. 
and he loves all of them he's he's like i'll live here with you this is yeah. this makes sense this is me and you um but this isn't truly who goya is no and and it really shows that all the clothes that they chose to put on this rack here are all like the type of clothes that she's going to be like like hand-me-downs to her brother like they're all mm -hmm. clothes that she had to wear for certain reasons and like there's no dresses there's no there's really mm -hmm. nothing feminine um so yeah it's really interesting like the choice here which just is going to show us like how much she's going to change later on but he does try here he pleads with her you know don't do this on your own anymore uh promise me he's just like promise me that we'll we'll do this together <sighs> yeah and then and then like will your mother ever give us her blessing yeah yeah and he says does he say i don't know or i don't i'm not sure or something like that but he's like it doesn't matter because we're gonna it doesn't matter fight yeah. it together as long as as long as it takes it, it doesn't matter as long as we're together and then we'll see who gives up first yeah and then there's a moment there he's like yeah let's get let's see who gives up first either me or mom and then they don't really show goya's face because it's goya who gives up first yeah exactly because there's three people in this this whole thing <laughs> yeah which again just shows us how much they're like not they're still not quite on the same page but um oh and then he says do you want more support <laughs> what does he mean by that he wants to kiss her and hug her and be and do, with her and do more yeah than just what they've already done yeah exactly yeah for sure for sure i cannot believe we didn't get a kiss up this episode i was like yeah, <sighs> it's so mean it's so I know. mean i i mean i think i understand why um but mm. yeah it's it's also funny to see the guys like like yeah yeah sure it was a cute moment and it lingered it was, for yeah. a long time so it was it, she it did, that's how she grabs his face but that yes is, yeah yeah it basically was there i mean it was a it was a nose touch yeah <laughs> but he runs off to beat him up which is so cute and then we get this great little montage of the rest of like the f4 they're all staying in rent's condo um and then Honey what? is staying overnight. Right. Yeah. And uh, Goya sets up the little light with the stars that we have seen before, which is great. I love that she has it now. Yeah. Um, and her. He brought that for her. Yeah. Yeah. Aww, it's so cute. It's like, this is yours. Yeah. This belongs to you. Again, trying to show her that she's in the stars. Like, she's a star, right? He's still yeah. trying to prove that to her. Um, yeah. And Tom and her fall asleep on the phone. And yeah. I wanted to just point out the fact that his shirt there. Yeah, yeah, I died. Yeah, yeah I bet you did. <laughs> Tell us about it. It's got like chains all over it, right? Yeah, and it, and they're kind of like in a maze pattern because he's actually mm. like chained and stuck in a trap. Yeah, that's basically um, what and he I doesn't was thinking, yeah. and doesn't recognize that he, it, the behind is also blue, um, which mm. sort of shows like he's not willing to fully act right now. Right. Um, I also love at like down on the floor, like, so 
like okay we kind of think like we think about these things in fairy tale metaphors and like it's very telling that tom is on the bed ren is on the bed but kind of partially off mj <laughs> is at the foot of the bed as like the person that has to do like everything like right because he's like the magician right so he's he's Are kind you, of like mj's the, the the warrior gawain is the magician yeah sorry yeah. I mean, Gawain is across the bed. That's all. Right, right, right. That's yeah, yeah. No, no, what I meant. But MJ is literally like on guard at the door <laughs> to protect everybody. Oh, that's funny. I like no, that. No, he is. Like, he, yeah. like he's in a guarding position. Like, yeah. he's, it, like if the wolves are going to come, they're going to get MJ first. Yeah, for sure. It, for it's sure. such a weird, like. It's very weird. Like what? why why did they do that why because yeah. they're they're fitting in their archetypical roles yeah. it's so weird so weird yeah and and uh goya she's also dressed in pink which we've seen this shirt before and mm -hmm. just again it makes me wonder how much with, she's gonna change with her pink blankets her pink blanket yeah which we've also seen before mm -hmm. so and then we cut to the mansion where Auntie you is sorting out Tom's clothes and we don't really get to see exactly why but then Rosalind walks in and says you know it you know shame that basically it's a shame that I'm gonna have to fire you because you don't know yeah. your duty um and then go to the uh flower shop this is the coolest shot this is so good i love this so much yeah she's literally on she's on a ladder shining this shining the meteor garden sign yeah doing cleaning work, it up cleaning yep. it up yeah and she almost stumbles and falls and tom is there to stabilize her yeah. so she's literally like unstable she's a star rising up to the sky but she's still like unstable yeah and she's and he, working he wants to be there to support her yeah and and to do it for her if if that's safer but yeah you can't do you can't do somebody else's journey for them that's also important it, exactly this this whole yeah. conversation is all foreshadowing the fact that like goya still has a lot of work that she has to do but mm -hmm. she has to figure it out on her own because Tom's intervention is not helping yeah. her right now. Like you can be there emotionally to support somebody if you, if they need you to be, but mm. he's like, literally like, be careful while you're hard at work and mm. come on down now. And he pulls her away from the growth that she needs to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, this is all like symbolic. It's not it's literal, all symbolic, but, but yeah, it's all there. Uh, yeah. okay. This is the kind of work that tall people should do. <laughs> like he's basically saying, yeah. like, you're not like, you're not tall, fully formed yet. I'm you're a not tall fully, flower. I can yeah, do this. Exactly. You're not fully yeah. bloomed. I can do this. Why don't you go do some other work? Um, and then, yeah. And then he strips off his jacket to take on the, take on the work. Oh, I wanted to also call it before you talk about the shirt um, and jacket. Oh, okay. And jacket. There is a clock ticking in this scene. Oh, just like a long time ago, right before they broke the news that the old guy had died. Um, yeah. Before 
uh, and when Tom is over at her place and they're fighting over the cookies and I was like, there's that clock ticking in the background and then when (laughs) it stops, that's when they announce that the guy has died and that that means that Tom has to go take over or at least like he has to, he has to basically now become an adult and um, learn how to like run the company or at least uh, step up in ways that he hadn't before. So the clock is ticking here. And I'm not entirely sure what it means, <laughs> but it, it, it stops whenever she pulls the little note from the, from the well, product placement. The so. product placement is symbolic in this instance. Do you, do you know why? Why? Take I'm not care sure. of yourself. Oh, so, but how is that? Mm, it's like, okay, so it's like a luggage tag. Mm-hmm. You're off to go on. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Like I, like I said, this whole, handle, this whole conversation. Handle all, yourself, Goya. This is all foreshadowing what's going to happen. It's all You have to come down from the meteor garden, go to your lowest point and go yeah. take care of yourself because your shit is all apart. He even gives her the lowly it's like the lowly tea like the poor person's yeah. tea they call it out like at the very first time it shows up yeah and now he gives it to her yeah no that's exactly what it, that's exactly what's yeah. happening all right tell us about the jacket and the shirt <laughs> okay so does it annoy me that now I can instantly spot Louis Vuitton from a mile away no but okay <laughs> uh he's wearing a checkerboard that is covered by like oh like overlapping and kind of like waves mm. um it by the louis vuitton symbols and that it was of course his wealth uh flowers stars and diamonds stars and diamonds are very similar from like a, mm. from a, symbolic, a symbol yeah. symbol perspective so it's literally like the meteor garden <laughs> symbolically yeah it's also gene Over- yeah, it's also Jean. So he's like trying to be like, I'm lowly. I'm with the people. Exactly. Um, underneath is this black hyper worn. It's got holes in it mm-hmm. in the back and around the neck shirt. And it's actually um, a, uh, it oh. says, hello, my name is Demna. <laughs> right. And Okay. It's Balenciaga, right? It's it's Balenciaga, but there is actually controversy around this shirt. Mm. Okay. Okay, I didn't know about this. I didn't. There's know about controversy. This. So so Demna was actually is is like is a name that is of a designer. Uh, I'm gonna bastardize the name, but it's Demna Ga- Gavasiliata. Uh, and and she's a designer, and she produced this shirt in addition to an Apple Music playlist that came out at the same time. And it's like, hello, my name is Demna, and it's like her signature on the shirt. Um, it was like so, this huge release that came out. I think it's a guy. Oh, him. Okay, but yeah. traditionally it's a femme name, uh, and the origins come from Demeter, Mother Earth. From Greek origins, right? No way. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, and okay, so that's that's the origin of the shirt. So it's like this has been the newest version of the shirt. Right. But originally, and there was actually a lawsuit around this. 
from uh, Vetements because they came out with a shirt that looked very similar. Yeah. <laughs> that said, hello, my name is Capitalism. Oh. <laughs> and then like capitalistically. Yeah. There was they- another shirt that came out and there was a whole lawsuit around it. So capitalism wow. was replaced by Demna, the name Mother of the Earth. designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, that like, yeah, but it's it's also a capitalistic. Yes, but also still, yes, yeah. Like even what Tom is wearing, and th- and that that's some of the criticism with this like uh, trend fashion wise of like, hello, my name is, or wearing like brand logos under designer outfits. It's mm. like rich people trying to pretend to be not rich was a total trend for a while. Yeah. Like I'm going to try to purposely dress normal Mm -hmm. and it's like, but it's still capitalistic. Yeah. Like it's still hurting people and like, you can't escape what you're doing. (laughs) Well, that's what, yeah. Cause that's another major thing about the, the show is, um, Aunt you calls it out about the you can't everything that you do is going to have a consequence yes everything that you do has a consequence so even though he's like rebranded himself away from capitalism yeah he still is a child of capitalism yeah totally even though he's like i'm gonna wear my earth goddess's name on my on my chest yeah he's no. still like he still hasn't returned from yeah like, that's like that threshold that he has gone through he has not returned yet he doesn't know how to bring back what he's learned yet yeah so like he's he's, he's stuck. like faking it because yeah. he's wearing he's wearing like the name tag like hello my name is tom like he's yeah. wearing he's wearing this designer outfit still i love it i love it that's awesome that's cool yeah i read about the demna stuff but i didn't know how deep that went so amazing all right and then we get the auntie you shows up, uh, tells Tom that she needs to meet with him. And then we kind of cut to Tom telling Ren about what had happened. Yeah. And we uh, also see this is the background. There's actually blinds in the background of this moment mm-hmm. that are actually down in Ren's um Rin's condo yeah Rin's condo and they're filled with diamonds Mm -hmm. because they're like up in the sky and it seems like they're they're like doubling down on the diamond symbolism yeah the stars the stars the diamonds like it's it's everywhere in this episode well it's it's also like it fits where they're all at on their journeys because Mm -hmm. it's like you know Goya is starting to rise 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 and the guys have kind of like left the the earth world and they have they're they're all kind of like living in this fantasy land where they're they think they've all figured it out they think that they've gotten their happily ever afters essentially mm-hmm. um but they're all going to be torn apart at the end of this where you know they're kind of like living in like this limbo essentially between mm-hmm. the earth and the sky so i think that's kind of what they're trying to put in our minds because goya is trying to rise and they're trying to all rise together Mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah because we were on the earth before but yeah but we, we see, also see yeah 
Oh, we see Rosalind. Rosalind. Yeah. yeah. In her black and white outfit. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's printing papers. And so <laughs> and like, <sighs> in our group chat, people were like, printing papers is bad. This is a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. Oh, they were, they were so right. right. Because oh, like, Lord. It, this is made up. This is fabricated. Yes. Whatever she is printing is not genuine and real. If you yes. had a piece of paper like this, it would have already existed from the doctor, not being <laughs> fabricated and printed out in your own house. Exactly. This is something that we know she has gotten from her connections with Ren's mm-hmm. family through the medical connections that she has. And yeah, this is, this is all lies. This is all lies. <laughs> um, and Rin tells, Rin tells Tom in this instance, you know, that, you know, she's capable of so much more and she's doing all this on purpose. Like she knows what she's doing. Um, mm-hmm. And also everyone, everyone in this scene is in black and white, except for Ren and Hunning. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunning is obvious, right? Because she's not really a part of the chess game. But Ren is an interesting one because Ren is kind of a part of the chess game, but he's kind of playing as like this lone wolf. Yeah. He's like, I am Goya's personal knight. Yes. I'm not here to play your game with your mom. Yeah. I'm here to protect Goya. Yeah. 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 So so giving this information to him is like really important to protect Goya. So he tells her, he tells, uh, Tom that you know of course she got rid of aunt you because aunt you is important to both of you yeah um and this is far from over and and then we get into the like the threatening everyone's livelihood montage yeah three things three things we get uncle ga being like the violent attack on the the flower shop this is really important this was violent they push him they're like we're getting you out of here and and again destroying another sanctuary or safe haven for goya that's really really important Mm. um you got used to this place nope (laughs) yeah Uh, hanning's dad which would have been the next logical place for her to go and stay ahead of time Mm -hmm. getting him fired yep and then the last thing which is Tom's Tom's money. Yep. Tom's accounts are all frozen and he's going through his wallet and he doesn't, he's been disinherited. Um, and, and, and then there's like the rumor of like, the rumor is there, she's going to disown you, which yes, is when you disown somebody, Mm -hmm. you, you say you're dead to me. Yeah, it's true. So, So it's like, it's like she's killing their livelihood or killing them all. Yeah. She, and, and, and previous versions, like these three things do typically happen, but, but not all together, not all at the same time. Yeah. She's so mean. She's horrible. Yeah. And I, I love that the next thing that happens after these, these three things happen, like mm-hmm. simultaneously, like Ren turns to Tom and says, what do we do? Yeah. What do we do now, my king? What mm-hmm. is your next move, my king? Mm-hmm. And Tom is scared to death and he just says, Don't waver. <laughs> like as a question, because flashback to his conversation with Aunt Yu, she tells him in that moment, 
whatever whatever Rosalind's doing right now, it's gonna hurt you and Goya. Mm-hmm. And she she warns him and she says, but you just cannot waver. Everything mm-hmm. that you do is going to have a consequence, but you can't waver. So he he just keeps his head down and he's just going to keep pushing forward because he thinks that, because that's the only thing he can do, really. He doesn't have another plan. Not really. Yeah. And he doesn't actually, like, if we're talking about chess metaphors and he's in black, he's on the defensive. Right. And he doesn't, him and Goya are wearing different colors. That's really interesting too. So a lot of people have pointed that out, that they're actually playing different games. Yeah. Um, And uh, he, as the king, can only move one step or one other step to the side. He has to rely on his queen to act for him. And she's not even playing on the same board as him. No. Can we just point out how Auntie Yu is like, flower defender because she's wearing flowers <laughs> yeah yeah she's wearing white with blue flowers like kind of faint on there yeah and she holds his hands yeah oh I love her it's really sweet I really again like this is a like death of the mentor type of moment um but she doesn't really die and she no. is separated from the story she's useful in the future probably she says she's gonna she says she'll be waiting she says yeah she'll be waiting so like maybe she's done from tom's story but she's there for goya's journey as as the the old knowledgeable crone in the future the true crone right because usually the female lead will uh say how she actually feels to the aunt not to you character so I don't know if that's going to happen this time, but the fact that she said that she'll be waiting makes me think that she's going to, yeah, definitely play an important, important role mm-hmm. uh, in the future. So it, yeah, it's interesting. Um, so then Goya goes, she does the last thing she can think of at the time, which is funny. It's so impulsive. It's very much a Tom move. Um, yeah. Like she, this is really showing that she has taken on the lessons and learned the, the lessons of the masculine world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she is playing the game in that way. And she's not thinking about her own, her own power and what she has to offer. Uh, yeah. God, it kills me. Yeah. She's not, she's not thinking about things from like, yeah, she, she doesn't even recognize her own power. She doesn't even think she has power. This is, this is, is, we hear that in what she says to Rosalind later, like, she has no power she is nothing and so all she can do is sacrifice herself exactly that's what she walks in she literally walks in as a queen to be like i'm gonna sacrifice myself for my king yep and he'll still win we we all saw this in the commercial we're like oh yeah okay this is yes happening yes but okay okay so also though (laughs) i forgot about this the auntie you is saying in the background the more she pushes Goya, like the more that Rosalind yeah. pushes Goya, the more fuel it'll it'll give Goya to yes. fight back. Use the hurt. Yeah, yeah. which is interesting because Auntie Yu is almost overestimating Goya in this yeah. instance because she knows that Goya is going to fight back, but she doesn't know how. Um. So, uh, it well, I think Auntie Auntie Yu thought by being the maid, it would help her get like the rest piece 
she thought she was gonna be the reconnecting with the feminine maybe yeah that that Goya needed to grow and understand her own power right and she wasn't yeah no it, there's oh there's so much more that has to happen yeah yeah so um yeah so Rosalind of course in her black and white outfit because mm-hmm. she is both offensive and defensive in the scene. She also controls both sides of the board. Yes. She knows exactly how this is going to play out and has prepared all of the moves. Yes. She's prepared multiple different ways of it happening. She knows if, if Goya makes this move, I'm going to make this move, which is, that's what you do with chess, right? If you've Mm -hmm. watched like Queen's Gambit, or if you've played chess before, like that's, the whole thing is seeing what's going to happen before it happens. Um, and also when Goya walks in initially, I didn't grab this in the shots, but she passes what are like these gigantic chess pieces. Like they're big black chess pieces that are in the corner of the room, right? When she walks in and they're right behind her, right before we cut to the of next course. part. Of yeah. course there is. Of course. So again, course. it's just reminding us that Goya is there to play and and all the pieces behind her are all the other pieces except the queen because Goya is the queen um and it's there to it's there to remind us that this is this is who she represents at the time she's going to take herself off the board essentially yes she's going to sacrifice herself um for this and Oh my goodness. So much stuff is going on. Yeah. Like there's the part where she says, you know, I may lose, but Tom will win because when you sacrifice your queen and chess, uh, there is the potentiality of giving the king the thing that he needs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what she thinks she's doing. Um, she also, there's also a line of, you just want to win. Um, which is something that like she said to Tom before. Yep. As well. And uh like so what's what's really interesting about this version <laughs> is it is that Goya says the thing that she wants. She offers it straight up like she like here's my neck. Kill me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and normally it's the mom, the this, this mom that says like, I want you to leave. That's all I want. You know, you get out of here and everything will go back to normal. Instead, mm. Goya proposes this solution. Yeah. But unexpectedly, she like challenges Rosalind back for like the soul of Tom. Yeah. And this is where this escalation and, I, and this is where I think that like Rosalind like switched her game up a little bit although yep. she had prepped like I'm the died mom thing yep. like from a while ago but when she was printing the papers yeah um but that was like a last yeah last, like last ditch, dish effort like, yeah like she was, was gonna say like get out of here resort. and I'll stop destroying your life and Goya would have been like oh, okay like in the other versions but that doesn't happen because she's like you reminded me of Tom yeah Tom has changed and they they don't say stuff like this in this show in particular. Maybe they say it in other shows that are not this show. But <laughs> in this show in particular, they don't say, you remind me of Tom, unless it's going to come back and be like, Tom has changed and so can you, you in the future. 
there's like some weird Twitter stuff happening where people are like, oh, I never forgive Rosalind. I'm sorry. She is redemption. She's going yeah. to be redeemed. There is, there is actually like, like it's, there's no way it can't happen now because yeah. she has seen the goodness in Tom changed into true goodness. And there's all it takes is the, is the one grain of innocence and love that all of us had at one point because we were all innocents and babies. Yeah. And yeah. That's why, like I, I said, all it's going to take is her rights for her to cry, cry. real tears. And she that's comes, <laughs> some, she comes so close when she's like, Tom will never love you, which was, okay. That was a low blow. Goya, and you don't know Tom's journey. I thought that was super fascinating. Like she says he hates your methods. Uh, yeah. he will never be what you want. Yeah. And then she, he says, as she says, uh, and then Tom will never love you. So it's like, there's a whole, I, I have thoughts. Well, it's very similar to like, we talked about before how Goya is constantly chastising people yeah. whenever like she's, she will say whatever comes to her mind. Yeah. This is quickly. a dumb thing to say, but I mean, it pointed that Rosalind actually cares about being loved. Yeah. Yeah. By Tom. Like By it's really weird. Tom. Because Tia, she has Tia. And Tia is someone that she keeps on a leash, but she doesn't actually show love or affection towards Tia. Yeah, she doesn't just show love or affection towards Tom either. But but she but she wants Tom to be by her side. She doesn't yeah, care. Again, she doesn't I said care about this. Uh-huh. I've said I this is slightly, <laughs> it's like an, it's a reverse edible complex thing. Yeah. And a yeah. complex thing. Yeah. Um, the jo- Jocasta complex, like Jocasta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it is weird. Okay. So in bell hooks, they talk about how matri- like, uh, women in patriarchal society always want the, for fruits of their sacrifice towards patriarchal society to finally pay off at some point where their husbands will finally love them back right and like like i i accept that i'm being the good patriarchal wife but like love and domination cannot coexist it's a lie Mm. right you can't be constantly trying to beat up your son so that he becomes stronger and have him love you mm-hmm. but genuinely reconnecting with your emotions and allowing yourself to you know apologize not in the way that she does later on but you know actually right. seeing where she went wrong mm-hmm. and feeling that and atoning for that mm. will be the way that he can be like maybe we can rebuild this. Absolutely. But in this, in this instance, though, she sees it, she recognizes what's happening and she swallows it and she like changes her. Oh, and she moved her hair, which I have done to try to not cry. Oh, interesting. I have a method. I have a method to not cry. Yeah. You really focus on clenching your butt cheeks. Like I'm like, like seriously, it helps. Uh, <laughs> just, just, you know, just some advice for everyone. <laughs> you did not think, well, 
and like <sighs> tears come from a place of anger sometimes they come from a place of frustration and this isn't this isn't necessarily sad potential tears this could no. be anger tears anger because she because she got poked right mm -hmm. where it hurts which is you've sacrificed your child and that means that love and your domination cannot coexist yeah because it's it's getting to that part of her that is like think like what about you when you were a child like it, it, yeah. it's like it's poking at like her inner child um, yeah. and how she everybody wants to be loved right yeah exactly and and if your own child doesn't love you then what do you have like that's what goya is basically saying like what like what's your game tom will never love you mm -hmm. like what else do you have if tom doesn't love you um and she takes that to heart but like i said like she swallows it yeah and then she changes her method and she decides to to go for like the ultimate to ultimate move to appeal to Goya's empathy. Yeah. Because Goya tried to appeal to her empathy. So she's like, she's going to turn that right around on Goya. Um, yeah. And, and that's she, also a chess thing. Sometimes when you try to do a move, uh, you can reverse the move on yeah. people. Um, yeah. And, then, and we get the line that I could not place the second trailer where we got the line. Uh, now I see how things have always revolved around you. Yeah. And, or it's no, yeah, it's no surprise that things have always revolved around you. And I couldn't place it. I thought it was onto you after I kind of went back and forth and listened to the audio. But the funny thing is, <laughs> yeah, the reason why I thought it was on you was because her voice changes. She sounds here like an old woman. Yeah. 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 Do we like want to she, dig into that now? <laughs> Why? I mean, th this is, this is where it happens. Yeah. Uh, this is where she, like I said, she shifts methods and she literally disguises herself as an old frail dying woman, a yeah. wise woman, right? Uh, someone who has experienced the world and she says all of this to Goya. Oh yeah. Can I, can I remind people of some past symbolism from Tom's birthday? Ah, please do. And also like the manga. <laughs> Tom's mom is a dragon. She's a dragon mother. And that is the same as being a snake. Yeah. And we get, a, we get a lot of snakeness in this, right? Yeah. So, um, it just. I'll, I'm going to bring it up again, but reminder, yeah. she is a dragon very right. specifically, and it comes back and back again. And even in the sort of mythological symbolism that we're going to be tying into structurally mm. dragon, this is, this is the end boss. This is the dragon that Goya needs to fight. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And she tells uh, Goya that she is sorry from mm -hmm. all the horrible things that I've done. Oh, dearie, you. I'm so sorry for yep. all of the horrible. Okay. And just, woman. I just needed, I just needed to find a way to get you here. That's all. This all was for a purpose. This all was for a reason. And that's when our, our group chat lost its crap. <laughs> we were, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. Um, and that's when she see looks the at the papers and she directs 
Goya's gaze to the papers and they're sitting right next to the chessboard. Yeah. Because this is a move. Well, and people were like, is she really like, no, it's a move. It's a move. No, no, it's a move. There's no doubt in my mind. As soon as she shifted to that like voice, I was like, she's lying. Like that none of this is, this is not real because this doesn't, it doesn't fit the other versions. It doesn't, this is all new, you know? Um, and we've had lies in the, in other versions, we've had her go to these extreme lengths before mm-hmm. this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I, I also was kind of shocked that people <laughs> think that she's beyond redemption because like, do y'all remember what happened in Hana Yori Dango 2005? Like she convinced her son that he was the reason why a man killed himself uh, after he lost his job with the with their company and all that. And it tormented him for years, for yep. years. And then this guy shows up randomly one day and he runs into him on the street and he's like, oh yeah, your mom like paid me to <laughs> pretend like that happened. She's really supposed to be the worst. Like that's, that's like part of this is like, she's willing to do anything to have her way. And, and I mean, metaphorically, that's really important because she represents the penultimate, Mm -hmm. um, like a way that your soul is corrupted because of this way of thinking that you must be in control and that you can't just let other things happen. Exactly. You know, or other ways of thinking. Yeah. She is not beyond redemption though. Yeah, absolutely not. So, so we go to the F4 in Ren's, Ren's place and Tom has been trying to call Goya. We find out from the screenshot on his phone that uh, the screen on his phone says that it is July 30th mm-hmm. and that he has been trying to call Goya 117 times. Yes. <laughs> That's his thing. He basically was like, ring, 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 ring. Like, yeah. she's going to see that you called her, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. He just can't stop. But she does call Honey him. Badger. Honey Badger. Honey yeah. Badger don't care. Honey Badger don't care. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but she does call back. And uh, this is when she has made up her mind. She There's a moment where she, like, walks out of the mansion very slowly. And you can see, like, yeah. things have changed. And she is deciding what she needs to do to do next um and I like this shot there's a there's a moment where you know Tom is like talking around the phone like oh you want to meet up and but he seems kind of weirded out by it and then he looks over at Ren and Ren like narrows his eyes at Tom like what like everything is just okay now like everything's cool now everybody yeah no attention to me I'm not being suspicious at all. Like Goya wouldn't be this way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And poor Tom just wants to believe that things are okay, like so badly. Mm-hmm. But Rin Rin knows things are not okay in that moment. And they show up at the clock tower. <laughs> the clock tower and Ferris wheel in the same yeah. shot. Oh, and they keep on talking about how there's no more Ferris wheel, right, Goya? We're not going to have to do this round of suffering again, will we? <laughs> no exactly. more Ferris wheel. They say it three friggin' times. Yes, it's a joke. You want me to get yeah. back on the Ferris wheel, right? 
No, exactly. because it's symbolically samsara. Like they're, yep. They, yep. They're... yep. And then, and then she's like, why don't we hang out before it gets too late? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, I like the fact that they, <laughs> I was fake tears. I don't really it's cry. All, it's all building up to like this pain. We just know yeah. what's coming. Uh, yeah. So he hugs her though. He hugs her. It's really, it's really great. It's a really good hug. She um, looks dead inside. Yeah. There's that weirdness. This is why, like before we started recording, I was like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird date. Cause like, it's weird. Yeah, it's like, this is a, it's supposed this, to feel weird. It's wrong. Right. Like no she one's keeps... gonna get this reference, but it's "Tell Me on a Sunday, Please" by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, it's it's their like they replicate their first date together to kind of close out their relationship. Mm. She brought him there to break up with him because yeah. this was this is like perfect in her mind, and it's like the best place to close out the relationship was where she said yes to showing up in the first place. It also, it also reminds me of a song called like expiration date by Gabe Dixon band, <laughs> but yeah, it's like the inevitable inevitability of things ending badly, which we, mm-hmm. I mean, we all knew that going into this, we all knew that this was going to end in pain. Cause we saw mm-hmm. the footage of, of the pain in the same yeah. outfits. Yeah, in 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 uh, the mid season trailer, the like second trailer that they released, because yeah, and in shots was so- in the yeah. music videos as well, the OST yeah. music videos. So, but they do they have like a they have sweet moments here, which okay. It's Can we talk about the atonement to the bear? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on with the bear that I really like. <laughs> like yeah. now they're friends. Yeah, they, they're they friends. hugged it out. Uh, he he saved his hat. I love you that know. he that I like that so much that he caught the hat because before he had like hit the hat up. Yeah. He saved the hat. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, there's, I mean, this is important because it's rewriting history too, right? It's like a yeah. new first date. We um, talked about that in the previous episode about how you can change the meaning of your own memories symbols and, and yeah, yeah, you can revisit places and build new memories in the same, in a bad location, things like that. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, this is now going to be a bad location for <laughs> Tom be bad yeah. for now. I mean, I, I suspect they're going to come back to the clock tower and Ferris wheel a third time. Mm. It just makes sense because they keep on using it as a symbol. True. Um, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe they won't. I'm still right. hoping for the healing of the stadium. Fingers yeah, crossed. that's the more important place for them to revisit, but we'll see. Yeah, we have but some time. To me, but- this is like Tom, like hugging his animal self. Too. Yes. Yeah. A right? few of us were talking about it. that. Yeah. A few of us were talking about that on Twitter too, like right before we started recording uh, that he like subway dates pointed it out as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like am I am I going too far to say like this is Tom embracing his inner beast and his shadow and I was like absolutely not that's that's what's happening like <laughs> it's literally happening uh because he is the multi multi-animal beast and whatnot so the fact that he's hugging the bear that he was fighting before automatically yeah. has has a uh, symbolism to it so uh yeah. but yeah and then we get like there's um this yeah they, they have like dialogue that kind of overlaps some of this some of the stuff um 
the, I don't get it. Like, why did you want to come back here? Um, and then, and then you, like you said, with the stuff about the Ferris wheel, the jokes about the Ferris wheel, not going back on the Ferris wheel. Um, this is all, it all feels weird to me. It all feels it very weird. It's, it's supposed to feel weird. Yes. It's supposed to be disconcerting and weird and kind of off. And like Tom thinks uh, he's in a happy place and Goya's like in a, I'm saving these memories because I'm about to break up with you. Um, yeah. Then we get a flash to the water, the water flowing. Mm. And then them standing kind of right on the edge of the water because water, of course, means change is coming. Yep. Yep. And the, we get the entire conversation about the future. I, I want to know what you're going to do with your future. Cause I'm not going to be in it. Yeah. This is Convo. also, there's also something weird going on with the fact that like, again, she doesn't trust him. So mm-hmm. have you thought about what our future looks like? Have you thought about what the future will look like? Our future, your future, whatever it's the future. She says it like that. And at that time, all of these lights are shining on them in different colors uh, which is yeah. a sign to her and to them that like, Hey, Goya, like your future can be whatever you want it to be. You have the power to make it yeah. whatever you want it to be, but she's she doesn't looking, see that. she doesn't <laughs> see it. She's looking the other way. Tom's yeah. facing that. So he is totally bathed in this potentiality. Mm-hmm. And he says, he, and he, and he kind of says like, why do you ask? And she says, Oh, of course you haven't thought of it. And he's like, no, <laughs> I, I have thought of it. Like, I think I wrote, I wrote down, I think he thought about it from the first time he like decided yeah. he loved you. Like, he's like, I'm going to marry her and we're going to have this many children. And, uh, yeah. this is what it's going to be like. He's, he's got plans for this, them. This man has more plans than he has shared for sure. Yeah. And he's just scared to scare you off like he doesn't yeah he doesn't want to scare Goya like yeah she's like a startled cat or something like a, <laughs> like I think I I wrote in my fanfic uh that um and and like oh maybe it's a future chapter who knows um but I I, I wrote uh, he always looks at me like he's trying to handle a feral cat yes because yes. she's always like, I'm going to attack you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, no, I'm just trying to feed you. I'm just trying to like, make sure you're taken care of. And she's like, no, I don't want that. Ah! Yeah. Like, he never knows when she's going to be like an attack. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's she's and like unpredictable. what he says could be misconstrued. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. So of course yeah. he's not going to share everything and- with her. He, of course he's not going to like tell her everything that's on his mind all the time and he's giving her the highlights of like okay it's gonna take work awesome you know it's a lot of work he's being realistic he's got lots of plans but he knows it's gonna be paired out and that's paired with the chess game the the chess game where they're on opposite sides of the chess board she also is she's putting this is in her head of her going back to the her conversation with Rosalind but you can see that she's thinking that Tom hasn't actually, even, even though he says that he's thought of the future, Tom hasn't mm-hmm. actually thought of the future because he hasn't planned it out the way that Rosalind's planned it out. She's, yeah. She has decided in her mind that Rosalind has thought of all the moves and yeah. 
there and and Rosalind is the is the the know it all like she knows everything and knows the world better like that's also knows really important yeah, they knows business yep. knows like you're just like okay you're um, just a child like you're just a teenager you're just a I think teenager you're just a child it's all paired because like he's like I have a plan I'm just giving you the cliffs notes here you go it's mm. gonna take a lot of work I know he even like at the end of the conversation says exactly how long it's gonna take um yep but uh do we have a brief note for a bell hooks quote or brief moment for a bell hooks quote yeah go ahead um many mothers in patriarchal culture silence the wild spirit of their sons the spirit of wonder playful tenderness for fear that their sons will be weak and will not be prepared to be macho men real men men like other men will envy and look up to there it is this is the this is the mutilation and she uses goya as a tool to hurt tom from and take him away from this thing that makes him a full whole human and more able to see that the world is bigger than just one chess game yeah one chessboard it's bigger than just the chessboard yeah because and the games you play goya is unwilling to look at this as like hey the world can be a different game like what we yeah. talked before yeah basketball like, yeah like let's just change the game she she yeah. has been watching Rosalind play this game and play it with herself like play it and show Goya I know all the moves everyone's gonna make I have the control of both sides and I know exactly what everyone's going to do so you know, she if, says, she says like, he would like to change the group. So it's like, he wants yep. to change the kingdom and, and I'm sure it's going to help us eventually. Like we want these, we want these whole and complete men eventually. Like we want, we want Tom to be a good ruler eventually, mm -hmm. but in the short term right now, he will be seen as naive. Right. And we have really, yeah, too many enemies and he's going to be crushed. I.e he is going to be weak so he must be violent and domineering to survive right and he he's telling her at the same time that she's recalling this i do want to change the company um mm -hmm. i i want to prioritize people and not money um and Rosalind is consistently moving white the white pieces off the board here yeah because she's taking away She's taking All of Goya's yep. power. Yep. Um, and also right in this moment, uh, Rosalind is also wearing an engagement ring mm. when she picks up the, the black piece. Um, she says, that's when I hand him the reins. Yeah. She's wearing an engagement ring. Like that's yeah. weird. That's just I know, really weird. There's some weird symbolism happening in. She's literally in getting here. ready to like wed her son yeah um oh my god so fascinating and but then she uh she reveals her like final hand like she reveals yeah. her her last thing and um, if this didn't work I don't think she had anything else in I think this was yeah, like this was it like the thing yeah yeah she's watching Goya the whole time because and Goya says but you're not gonna do that like you're not gonna you're not gonna you know, hand the reins to him. Are you like, cause she's, she's Goya is trying to see like, 
okay, what, what, it, where does all this go essentially? Yeah. And then, uh, she reveals the papers. Um, and then we also get this part where Tom does say like, give me time and I will show you. And yeah. that is lined up right with the mom saying like time she's, she's running out of time. And, and she's running out of time and he also needs time he needs to time. turn exactly. his enemies into allies and time for him to convince people to believe in a new way. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I hate exactly. this so much. <laughs> Why? I, because it's freaking pretzel logic that I hate because she's saying he needs to be, you need to bring him back his, his non weak self. So eventually he can be caring and change the kingdom for the better. Oh, you have yeah. to be, it's the reverse, right? Yeah. Like, like you need to be caring and compassionate and turn your enemies into allies the whole freaking time being Goya this whole time has proven that and, and because she says turn his enemies into allies and for time to convince people to believe in a new way, like mm. literally she is saying what Goya does by being Goya. Goya is Goya. Right. And, but, but she's Goya- like, no, I want him to be the dominator that I raised mm-hmm. and you need to bring him back. This is like, and this it's fairy tale logic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the only one that can change him. So change him back, put him back the way he was because that is the version of him that I need in order yeah. for this company to, or, or, it's not even, it's not even a company anymore. Like we're talking about a fairy tale. We're talking about the world. We're talking about the world. We're talking the about soul, the, the soul of the, of the collective unconscious in a way. Yeah. Like yeah, like yeah, and he needs and, to be a monster in order for things to stay the way that they have been. Yeah, because, because I I want to keep things the way that I know how to play their game. I want to play my game my way. And Goya doesn't see anything outside of what she knows. She doesn't imagine anything outside of what she knows because she hasn't gone on that. She hasn't gone there yet. She doesn't imagine a a, a way. She doesn't know what it looks like. We talked about this before. She doesn't know what the future looks like and she's scared of the future. And as soon as she lets go of Tom's hand, she's tumbling. Like she doesn't know, she's not good on her own. With him, at least she has some kind of guiding light. At least she has something literally. He's he's literally like walking ahead of her. Yeah, and pulling her along. Pulling her along. And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, but then she lets go of his hand, and now she's like tumbling into the darkness. Yeah, and it's raining now, um, and it's raining now on top of everything. <laughs> this is this is this is a cinematic trope. She can't cry at this moment. She literally mm. cannot because she would give away how she feels. I think, she, and she does when she does cry. The t- the tears are hidden by the by the rain. Rain. So yeah, yeah you cannot later. cry. So the world will cry for you. Yeah. Okay. So this is cool, right? Because there's also the stuff about um, the the fact that the heavens are like not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Goya and is falling from the heavens. They didn't used to be lights now. And now there is because of how high they are in yeah. the metaphorical sky. She is amongst they- the stars. You can see them in the background. 
they so they were there but because they were there during the day that the lights yeah. weren't on uh but the lights the string of lights were there so it's just perfect that they're gonna revisit this location at night because of what you're saying like it's symbolic yeah, yeah that she is now in the sky but it's raining she's She's gonna She's fall falling yeah in a yeah, bad and, way not in a and, nice meteor way <laughs> and and in a in a way because she is heading into the abyss from her journey perspective yeah yeah totally. that's really 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 important yeah um so i All love right. how this is like lies on top of lies on top of lies she has to and i love this oh my god he has to take so much convincing so much i love tom it's ridiculous. i love i love this version of this character so much because he's like no way <laughs> like stop joking with me you know and like the piece of paper she tries kind of all of the things that were his fears yeah he tries yeah. everything but he's like way past this um and we and we get the reveal of what this is actually which is death quote yeah unquote. like i am dying. I'm dying yeah i need to give my son the kingdom yeah um, she... not dying lady not dying okay this is back to that snake symbolism mm. snakes often play dead right so that they can attack or <laughs> escape right it's called a death faint and it's it's like one of those tricks that you use when you've run out of everything else, yeah. right? In chess, there is, and this is like two uh, loaded tachos uh, credit yeah. pointed this out. The Sicilian defense have has another version of it, which is actually called the uh, draconian defense. Let me just confirm that. Oh, that's legit. Dragon, dragon variation. And what? Yeah, it's called the dragon variation. And it's very sharp and dangerous for both sides because everybody loses tons of pawns because it's basically like a storming effect where you basically try to go after each other's kings with all available resources. Oh, so you're you're losing a bunch of pieces in the process. Everybody loses resources to just like try to punch a hole directly into the king's heart. That's awesome. The dragon variation literally. of the Sicilian defense. Literally yes. what's happening. <laughs> it is literally what's happening. So I just love that so much because like she is the dragon mom. Yeah. She is this dark queen. Mm. And I have another snake related thing when we get a little later in the episode. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. The bunch yeah. of stuff happens here. So we have the, the line where she says the teenagers, teenagers such as yourself need time to cultivate their ideology, mm, which mm. is a crazy choice of words there, Rosalind. <laughs> Katha, uh, did you jump into our braids? Yeah. It's creepy. It's creepy. Like she is, she's she's appealing to different sides of Goya. She's yeah. saying, I'm dying. You need to cultivate you. 
like don't need to deal with this yeah like go off and like garden somewhere and leave my my son to go and rule the kingdom it's it's always the plea that like the evil stepmom always makes yeah right like you need to go off and be a gardener somewhere while my son goes and like rules the kingdom exactly you're you you're not built for this this isn't you and she also tells her uh, like you're just a kid I'm an adult I built all of this my whole life is this and this could all be ruined because you're here essentially Mm -hmm. is what she tells her in that moment yeah um and then she tells uh she tells her pleads with her to basically make him a monster again bring back the old tom reverse your magic who can change him so change him back and and take away everything that you have inspired in him okay Mm. i do think she's wrong well, I mean, of course she's wrong. No, I know, but like, but <laughs> like Goya didn't change him, although she inspired his change. I will. I was gonna say right? this is one of those tropes of female magic stuff, right? This, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. myth. It's not actually true. Women yeah. aren't the ones who magically change these men in these types of stories. They are there to inspire them to change themselves, but it's not yeah. through their womanly magic. It's because they have something in them that that person doesn't have or has been told to repress or whatever so yeah and there's also this myth that like in the animal kingdom animal mothers like are there to like toughen up their children so that they survive but really what they what they in the animal kingdom what they really do is teach them the wisdom of when to kill and when to 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 heal and help others in their right pack etc um but why does this faint death, deathly faint work? Because she's appealing to all the sides of Goya. Yes. In Why very, else? very specific ways. Why? Why else? Why else? Because you can't fight death. It comes to oh, like all. her, like, uh huh, like her death, like the, her fact, death. the potentiality of her dying. The potentiality and, yeah. of Goya's death. Right. The potentiality of anybody's death. Right. This is an existential crisis. Right. Yeah. I mean, this, again, this is, <laughs> this is literally what's going to bring me to uh, the stuff about her, about Goya being the Anana goddess yeah. and like facing the dark feminine. Th- this is like, yeah, yeah this, um, we'll talk about that a l- little bit, but um, she, she does tell her in that moment. And this is like, essentially all I can say now is that literally like she's looking into the dark feminine and the dark feminine kills her on impact. Like yeah, literally there's no, there's no fighting this there. Like, no, it is the death stroke. Like, yes, it is. It is like insta death. Yes. As they call it. Right. Like this is, this is like, literally she's using death to kill Goya. Like, yes. She, <laughs> yes. She instantly kills Goya, like figuratively, metaphorically. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> she sucks the soul out of her. Yeah. Vampire-esque. She leans in and is at her neck. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. She takes that, any last little shrivel of life that was left in Goya at that moment, she sucks it all out of her with that hug. But she does, she says, as a dying mom, I'm asking you um, mm-hmm. to, and she does say, 
to tear him apart, which I think that's cut with the later part, but she, that choice of words just kills me. Yeah. Tear him apart so that he will become a monster again so that he will go back to who he was. Like you put him together, tear him back apart. And also it's like replicate, like be me, right? Like be me, be because look, look at my power. Look at how yeah. much power I have. Yeah. And this is a part of the descent, right? This is a big yeah. part of like the goddess's descent and Goya's descent to her inner power is that she is seeing the power that this other goddess who is, who is representative of the power she has inside of her. So this is really important on her journey because she sees how destructive this power is. Yeah. She has to learn from this experience that that is is destruct that it is destructive power and she has to learn how to use that destructive power yeah or not use it right like she has to understand that it's there inside of her because the thing is she uses it against tom right now like yeah it's happening she's literally she's literally being taught by a goddess how to be a destructive goddess exactly exactly i mean she's she's puppeting in a way right she's using the same words and using the same actions. So she's not completely understood it yet, but she is tapping into that. She mutilates him. Yeah, she does. And it's horrible. That's horrible. All right. She says, um, ah, where are we? She, you think this is your idea of Goya, whatever your idea of Goya is not real. And and so this is, this is like, this is the, why I felt like the date was really important mm-hmm. was because she needed to rewind his vision and his idea of her and replace it with this money grabbing person. And he needed to poison. So she's like transferring the poison mm-hmm. that was given to her by uh, Rosalind mm-hmm. onto him. So she's like poisoning all of his like vision and what he's built up in his head mm. as she is right right like it like and then she like she's like I've had nothing but disgust for you yeah because none of this was ever real I never wanted to be real. with you yeah yeah and like the disgust thing is perfect because Ugh. because that's like 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 okay <laughs> sorry we we do see him like his hair is curling and you and I talked about this I'm like how did they get his hair to curl I was like <laughs> I've, I've literally like they made him look more like the comic character than yeah. any time else in the show like under this water he is like the formative proto Hanayori Dango main lead like it's yeah bizarre but he is the beast and he like shrinks down and he's like huffing and like you know just slapping the he's slapping the ground slapping the ground and crying like crying and like like she's hurting him this is her like ripping him apart just like Rosalind asked right um and he, he keeps saying he keeps saying over and over again this is not true it's not true it's not true like yeah he cannot believe this and he is like, uh, you know, prostrating himself in front of her and he's bowing to yeah, her and he's bowing to her. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, like, I like, please, like, please just tell me this is not true. I, I will do anything. I will, you know, 
I will do anything you need me to do. Please tell me this is not true. But then she says, you're just a, a, just a child child. You're looking through things. Glasses. Yeah. 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 You Um, can't rule. You can't rule. Oh my God. Like all this is coming yeah. from Rosalind, yeah, right? I know. One of the one of the most scary things that you can encounter on the hero's journey as a hero mm. is a true uh encounter with a vengeance goddess. Yeah, absolutely. Right. This is the most because dangerous, like this goddess. Is the, yeah. They, <laughs> they will literally destroy you. Yeah, absolutely. And and you will not be the same. You will be walking with a limp for the rest of your life. Like that's something Joseph Campbell like talks about. Like you never actually want to run into a goddess because you don't know if they will be somebody who helps you or somebody who kills you. There's actually a lot of limb stuff with that. I mean, I know yeah. like you were going to bring up a certain tale later, which has to do with this, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in uh, Hero's Journey stuff about limbs being cut off um i mean you think about the most common version which is i'm sorry to say star wars luke skywalker losing his hand anakin skywalker losing his arm part of his arm like there's a there's a sacrifice to be made to the journey Mm -hmm. and this is part of like literally she is like she's cutting mm-hmm. off parts of him parts of him i mean she's, that's that's what yeah. she was told to do right like yeah literally tear him apart and so that's what she's doing like she's ripping apart him in this in this very internal way and essentially that's that's this part of the journey for him is like he is being he's literally being torn and he's being like parts of him are being cut off that he has he has put into himself yeah which is emotional mute emotional um mutilation and all of that it's the sadomasochist mother who is emotionally mutilating her Mm. son through goya exactly like this is bell hooks like again like we're talking about how the patriarchy Mm. emotionally mutilates boys so that they are not able to be in touch with their own emotions Mm. and be whole people. They, they can only be destructo monsters. Exactly. Um, And then we get this like moment, like you've never thought of me as an ordinary, was there ever a moment when you thought of me as an ordinary person? So, oh, there was, so this, this and the other versions is, did you, is there a moment that you ever thought of me as a man? Yeah. And that's, so that's what it is like in the manga. And that's what it is in pretty much every version. Like, did you ever love me essentially? Mm-hmm. Or did you ever think of me as like someone you could love? Like there's, yeah, that it's played out differently. Yeah. yeah. And to me, this is always sort of like the crux of the Rose question in Beauty and the Beast, which is, yep. have you ever loved me? Have you ever loved and been loved in return? And the been loved in return is Mm. the question right and yeah she loves him Mm. uh but this is all like the monster like you never truthfully saw me as a man exactly that's yes that's that's what I was gonna say did you ever see me as anything other than a monster yeah exactly we we both wrote the same note basically I love it yeah yeah but but yeah it's exactly it's it's that like I but she says sorry go ahead (laughs) Sorry, I'm just freaking out because like, because when you're in love, it's really, really important how you see yourself in your lover's eyes. 
Yeah. Because you look into their eyes and you see a reflection of yourself, the glass mask, as it were. Like, and, and if your lover sees you only as a monster, which she is telling him very clearly, a child, armchair tyrant, Mm. you know, but like, it's all contradictory stuff because it's like trying to strip away all of what he has built up through looking at himself in Goya's eyes yeah, and his transformation. Um, and if she yeah. doesn't see him that way, then he's he not worthy is yeah. worthy. He cannot see him that way anymore. So she, she removes that ability for him to see himself positively yeah. and, in, in as some ways, but- like metaphorically blinding him yeah like this yeah like if this was a fairy tale it could come or a folklore it could come with a blinding moment yeah this is like like jr kind of stuff yeah 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 so she responds to this though and she says um i never would have looked at you if you were ordinary (laughs) layers and layers and layers of meaning there but but in order in order to prove it to him though but she had had the flash i forgot about the flash yeah because like maybe she even questioned it for herself if she ever saw him as ordinary but putting away her clothes on the rooftop of the place that she was crashing Mm. totally was momentary like where she she acknowledged actually you know what that time on the roof yeah yeah you know what we were just putting away my clothes you were ordinary then yeah, you were, were just, a man. You were, just, you were just my my Tom. Like you were just yeah. mine. And for that my, moment, my domestic mine. partner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But to prove it to him, she has to do something extreme and she understands that now. So she takes off the necklace and she goes to give it to him. And we get just the best version of this like in existence yeah because it's both so of them good. oh my god and her face afterwards is just like i didn't expect him to do that which that happens in every version but this is yeah. like this is she i'm happy so- it happened before she left because we didn't need it no when she comes back like it saves again efficient storytelling yeah you know yeah, it's it's definitely. good it, it it happened here it was great uh but it like it heads towards the sewer yeah which is yeah. like the, which is literally the lowest is the lowest point so yeah again it's he- like she is her and him mm-hmm. are heading towards the abyss in her <laughs> mind and she like she doesn't save it in time so she has to go and hit the lowest grossest yeah. place the moistest, the rock bottom, the, Mm. she has to go into the filth. Yeah. And that's a lot of, um, like psychologically speaking, like when women are, uh, have stripped themselves of their emotions in order to do things that are like of the masculine world and like, they're, you know, unable to kind of they're unable to connect with like their own femininity or whatever. They typically have dreams of um, dirty places and yeah. things that are like, like tunnels that are grimy and gross grimy and moist. And moist. And, yeah. 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 Like uh, women who, women who run with wolves, she talks about like, you have this urgent need to reconnect with the moistness and it's like getting down dirty and she describes it like and and she talks about how like it's getting down to being like fundamental whatever that is for you like 
and and yeah like she's yeah like again like in other versions this is like a weed you're growing out of the filth you're growing out of the muck right right yeah it's a symbol that it goes throughout the entire show but I'm really surprised they didn't use lotuses at all because lotuses are like yeah, a big, big part of, of Thailand as well. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, they, uh, th- you know, she is, this is just the beginning of her going on this part of her journey. So when she does go back to kind of this agricultural type of thing, we're going to get a lot more of this, like Goya working in the dirt, in the yeah. water, it's damp being moist it's damp yeah she's she's gonna be dirty it's gonna be awesome and that's it's super important in this part of her journey um but yeah so so then uh tom walks off and it's funny because we they tricked us here a little bit because we had Mm -hmm. had an image in the trailer of him on his knees alone yeah i think they i think they used something they didn't use yeah. Like for the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They, yeah. they, they've talked about this before. Like they've, you know, they, they have filmed things different... in a bunch of different ways and it was a different yeah. cut or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So we know that, um, that image is not here, which we, and again, that was, it was funny cause it did trick us. It made us think that maybe he tried to retrieve the necklace. Um, so yeah. I don't know if they have other versions of it in that way, but this was the best. This is the best. This is the this best. This is great. Um, so we go to the train station and onto you. Talk about up. Goya. How she's wearing gray and gray oh, and white and a, she's reborn and her hair yeah. is down. So she's actually a full feminine goddess. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. Um, I got really excited there. Yes. She's also carrying a green bag. Yes. She's carrying her budding sprout yep. with her that yep. has the things inside of it that are her, hers and Tom's. She's been reduced down to <laughs> just the bare essentials. Yeah. She's right? been reduced to like, yeah. she's literally, she's just, she's like, she's carrying, she's carrying, like, if you think about it, like she's starting to sprout. She decided to cut off the head of the sprout. Yeah. But she put it over her shoulder. Yeah. She's like, I'll Wait, carry this. I'll, she's I'll carry, carry this it with her. I'll carry this back to my mom so that my mom can help me grow. Exactly. Um, yeah. And yeah. to dig into the dirt and grow. And grow and, and be and give get back that energy, that that femme and nature energy that I'm missing. I wrote, um, I wrote she's uh her hair is down. She's ready to go home and be nurtured. Yeah. She's a baby again. Do you know what shirt is in that bag? No. You, you see it later. It's the shirt that she kissed Tom in. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if that's like some of the only stuff she has right now. Like she kept, she kept specific things. It's so interesting. Uh, uh, and we've, we've never seen this gray shirt before. Yeah. This gray shirt is brand new. Like it's yeah. like, again, she's like swaddled like, mm-hmm. like Tom was. When he was reborn. Yeah. 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 This is all new for Goya. This is so interesting. And her hair being bag. down so yeah. good. Cause she's like, like hair changes. Like she's always had this like little top knot. Yep. Like a little and sprout, little sprout. And mm-hmm. whereas this is like full. She cut off the like, sprout right Claire. She's, holding I know it. she's, she's holding it. it. <laughs> I love that auntie you is like, I'll be waiting. <laughs> 
yeah yeah she's like she's like this is not the Goya that I know and then she says I'll be waiting she knows she has hope that Goya is gonna go figure her stuff out Mm -hmm. and and come back and like actually change things this is just brilliant of the way that they do this are you gonna let it in this way and the Goya's like I don't, I don't know what else to do. I, I have yeah. no other, I have nothing else to do. So I'm carrying a sprout here. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing yeah. the best I can. Um, and then, oh, you can see it. See, and the, the shirt shot. pops out, the, the shirt pops out of the I'm bag. Look, I'm looking, I'm looking <laughs> like, pop. and with Tom and Goya necklace, it's so purposeful. It's very purposeful. It was wrapped yeah. in the shirt. Yeah, I think so. Oh. It was wrapped in the kissing shirt. It was wrapped in the kissing shirt, which is which is also the same shirt she had that on for a long time. Yeah, when she actually, her and Tom could actually like be a couple together for that for that moment. She had that shirt on the whole time. So, yeah, that's well, of course what she put it in. Uh, and then we get yeah. the, <laughs> the flashback of her uh, saving into it. the dirt, saving yep. it the lowest point she's like literally like no I can't this is this is the thing that is important to me this is like yeah me rebuilding myself (laughs) this was so good I cried buckets I cried buckets twice watching this watching it twice um and they play what do they play here what song do they play here one last cry oh that's what I thought okay good okay that's why of course of Of course of course yeah she's crying on the train and like Oh, so the, yeah. this is fun. This is kind of like a fun thing too. The um, the stickers on the front of the little box that she has. Oh yeah, which we've never seen this box before. Like, I, I feel like just everything is very purposeful. But uh, it says there's like the little quote sticker thing that says like mm-hmm. Satan says. It says Satan says I'm kawaii, which is um cute, cute. Yeah, like Japanese mm-hmm. kawaii is cute. Um, I'm cute but evil, right? So this is like saying like she gained favor with Rosalyn. Satan says I'm cute. Yeah. Praise, I did. I did praise what I from the to devil. Do. Yep. Praise from the devil. Yeah. I did what I needed to do. I'm a good girl. Um, this is all, that's all wrapped up in heroin's journey stuff too. There's also <laughs> a little pizza sticker and a little alien sticker. And I just feel like I don't pizza thing. I'm not sure except for just like, you know, like very, um, kind of lower class type symbolism uh and then the alien sticker is like I don't belong here you know I'm not not worthy that kind of stuff like it's not my world you're from a different world that kind of thing um so yeah even the stickers crazy oh my gosh uh so we get the kind of that last uh big emotional sweep of her crying and crying on the train with the with the necklace I promise to get by and yeah, shot of Rosalind with her lighter. Let's talk about the lighter. Let's talk about the lighter. I was so happy about this lighter. God. This was so cool. Damn you, Rosalind, and your symbolism of who you have in your hand now that Goya's on her way out of town. Exactly. Because the lighter symbolizes Tom right? The fire, the fire, Mm -hmm. but also it's rose gold, Mm -hmm. which is that's Rosalind. Like, yeah, this is Rosalind who she actually wants to be right. She's been playing this game, black and white constantly. She's worn gray. She's worn black and white. She's worn beige. You know, she hasn't really worn a lot of color 
And suddenly she has this, this rider that we've never seen before. Um, and it's in a color that we haven't seen her wear. And it kind of makes me think that, you know, cause Rosalind's name is like kind of a variation on a rose. Mm-hmm. And this is again, like Tom being a rose as well. Like this is the rose symbolism, but Rosalind is rose gold mm-hmm. essentially. Like, I think that's yeah. a really good summation, like for her character or it's a really good color for mm-hmm. her character. She's like contains Tom. Yeah. She's contained. Yeah. Tom. She controls yeah. him. Did you, did you know, I've never, like, I didn't talk about this last time, but I've been thinking a lot about the parama group mm. like symbol and mm-hmm. um to me it looks like five crystal pillars yeah with a little man in the center like a castle built around a man yeah totally did you see my thread on that no i did a thread about how it looks like a like a woven fish mobile from like thai like they in Thai in, in Thailand they do like these um fish weavings out of like plants and they mm. make them into you know the the they weave little fish from leaves, but then they also hook all of these little fish up together in this kind of mobile. And the way that the par parma group symbol it kind of looks like a child's mobile. Oh. Um, yeah he's, he's she's built this whole kingdom around this child yeah exactly because oh. it also looks like this the symbol of the fish how it's woven if you turn it on its side it also looks like a child's mobile so like there's a bunch of stuff going on with it I mean I think they're all I think all of the theories are legit like some people have talked about it looking kind of like a Thai architecture kind of structure mm. um there's there, diamonds in it so it's like stars the stars yeah there's also um five pillars which you said as well but there's five companies there's five main companies under the parama group that's uh. in the shot where tom melody took this screenshot at one point um and it's that it's a screenshot from where tom figures out that the mom has done something to Goya's dad and he slams down the papers on the, on the table. Uh-huh. So we get like a shot of what the Parma group actually is made up of. And it's made up of five main companies. So that's probably what the five pillars represent. And I also think like, it's also leaning into the future because it's F4 plus Goya. Yeah. In the future. Five. Like, so yeah. Yeah, it's oh, and we'll I wonder see. because there's also like an X there in the middle on the middle mm-hmm, pillar, mm-hmm. Uh, and I kept keep looking at that. and I'm like, what is up with this X? That's probably Goya, like interesting. But <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Um, all right. So then she uses the fire to burn, uh, burn the, the evidence. Yeah, burn the documents so again. To me, this shows again this is fake because if you yeah. actually had stage four cancer a you wouldn't be like i'm going to work to go and destroy other people's businesses you'd be like i'm gonna go and like get treatment or extend life or whatever right stage four is no joke these this woman is mean yeah Um, yeah absolutely she wouldn't burn these documents no it's very yeah no it's very odd 
Um, and then she says, I wonder from today on how everything's going to turn out. And they show Tom packing his bag and there's like stuff on the table that's like ripped and broken, which probably mm-hmm. shows like he had like a tantrum of sorts. Yeah. Um, we talked about it reverting. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's, he has now, they're not going to show him be violent, but he had, he'd been violent. Like, like mm-hmm. he at least threw something, destroyed something in his well, room. His couch is all disheveled and he destroyed his are, room. Yeah. He destroyed his room. He had, yeah. He had the classic Beauty and the Beast beast tantrum in his room. Right. Um, And before, like when Lita called him out on not, you know, doing like he didn't hit anything like the simple act of hitting the chessboard would have been like they they've already established that that would have been a violent act. Yeah. Right. Because he broke glass, it looks like too. Yeah. Like there was broken glass. There was things. Yeah. Yeah. So he definitely like has gone back to like some kind of violent uh part of himself that we have seen but again it's funny the way that they're choosing to show it because they they don't show it in its in all of its you know its glory and whatnot they show him just like shunning a suitcase hard <laughs> yeah but but yeah so there's evidence that he's done that and then we get the time jump which we've been oh, talking just, about yeah just briefly oh, before yeah, I missed that the snake thing oh crap yeah let what <laughs> well there was a noise back when i thought you were gonna say that there was a noise back when uh she was burning the documents it sounded yeah. like snakes in the grass yeah it sounded like snakes in the grass yeah yeah, yeah. sorry no okay I, what did you want to yeah. say um, I just wanted to say, like, she doesn't have a plan past this point. No, her she plan, doesn't. Her plan was like, well, if I make another one like me, everything will work out great. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how things are going to turn out. <laughs> she didn't. Seriously, ex- Rosalind. Yeah. She didn't. You're an ass. Yeah she really didn't have anything planned out and she definitely You're an asp, did which not is a type of snake definitely did not think that uh the f4 would be looking for goya she did definitely did no. not foresee that they would want goya to still be in their lives um at all like it's so interesting that she i have a year to live essentially yeah a year a year later nothing like <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um I mean, like we assume that the, this scene where she burns the stuff and has a conversation about what will happen. Mm -hmm. It's like, that was the right after she left. Right. And then, but we get the time jump. Mean girls are bored without Goya. Right. They talk about how they, (laughs) it was just a year ago when I was pulling Goya's pigtails, which is, that's like a weird line. Um, but they're still like up to, they're still up to like their mean girl stuff, clearly. And they're talking about, well, do you miss her? And they're like, yeah, it's kind of just been boring without her. Um, and they say, yes, but like boys always come first. So let's check up on the F4 and see what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> so I do, I do like that. Basically we're saying that like nothing is right without Goya. Yeah. Without yeah. saying nothing is right without Goya in the yeah. kingdom. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Yeah, because Goya is like, she's had this effect on them and they are not, they are, would never admit it. They would never admit that she had this effect on, on them, maybe at the very, very end, uh, but definitely not now. So yeah, so they check up on the, they check up on the guys and they see, like, we kind of go to what Gawain and MJ are doing um, and they are wearing their essentially it's kind of like their university uniforms but it's not yeah they're wearing their own stuff but they kind of look like the university uniform so it's funny because it like shows that they've kind of grown up a little bit and they're essentially more responsible now or at least they're more like respectful (laughs) uh but they're still kind of up to their up to their old ways and because the community hasn't completely healed yet but they, but MJ says, uh, yeah, I'm posting on social media. I haven't spent a lot of time with F4 lately, so I must do our fans a service, which is just, you know, <laughs> fan service, just fan service. Um, and then the girls are looking at the pictures of them. Oh, they're in college. I heard they changed their cars every day. Uh, but today their car looked different. And then we got to <laughs> the car that they're going to give to Uncle God. Uh, like, like the biggest product <laughs> placements. Like, X-series. <laughs> X-series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and he's like, yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, but then we find out that Gawain essentially got this for him because... Uh, he wanted to take a load off of honeying. So he essentially got it for honeying. Because she keeps on complaining about her back. That was funny. But it's <laughs> cute because it's like, you know, I want my girl to not have to do so much labor, essentially. Um, and then honeying does what any good friend does. And she, she's always caring about Goya. She's always worried about Goya. And she's like, so what? what's going on with with all of that like what's going on have you guys found Goya or like what's going on with Tom what's he doing and Gawain says screw Tom yeah um, yeah Rin however Rin is probably being indie somewhere <laughs> right now um and then we get the best <laughs> shots <laughs> of traveling the provinces i love this so much his hair (laughs) like he looks so he's so cool he's like this cool guy that's just like backpacking around thailand i guess i don't know it's so cute but he's he's looking for goya obviously i love this so much and he's staring out on the water um marking off another location on his list. And then he meets this woman. To, he's trying to uh, trying to ask people around for for Goya. She mm-hmm. goes, is, is she your girlfriend? Are you looking for your girlfriend? And he says, no, she's a very important person to, to. <laughs> Akira. <laughs> the, t- the TV speaks up. Yeah. yeah. And then he says, to me. me. so both of them to me he he takes that though he takes this ownership of her in an interesting way 
Um, and it's almost like the first time he's really admitted to himself that he really cares about her, like in a different way than, than Tom. Okay. So this brings me to all the weird mythic stuff that's happening here. Um, basically what's going on here <laughs> that I really love, this is in Murdoch's heroine's journey. Um, uh, this is a big part of the journey and this happens we can talk about the analogs of sort of this story and these characters because it does happen in other cultures, but this goes all the way back to like Sumerian mythology, which is super, super, super old. Obviously, if you know, if you know, like Sumerian, uh, it, you know, predates, uh, Judaism. So there is a goddess, uh, named Arash Kigal, who is the queen of the underworld. So let's go back to like you know, Rosalind manipulating Goya here. Arash Kigal, uh, and this is taken directly from Murdoch's book. I mean, obviously there are other ways to interpret these myths, but this is how Murdoch typically interprets it. She says that Arash Kigal was raped by the gods and exiled to the underworld, like all things having to do with nature and the body. She is the part of the feminine that has gone underground. She embodies rage, greed, and fear of loss. She is raw, primal, sexual energy. She is feminine power split off from consciousness. She is woman's instinct and intuition ignored and derided. She is the place where potential life lies motionless in the pangs of birth before expression. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially Rosalind because uh, Arash Kigal is kind of this pure form of this dark feminine figure yeah Yeah. like she is um uh, like uh, there is an analog to her in greek mythology because kind of greek mythology came out of this and transformed yeah um it is persephone yeah yeah persephone is one persephone what she becomes that right yeah because it like means goddess of death like yeah trigger of death right like so she becomes she becomes this yeah and um another yeah, one she, would be like hell h-e-l yeah yeah in norse mythology right yeah um and interestingly enough she is actually the leader of the transgridian transgridian <laughs> snake gods the yeah. ones that live underground yeah 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 so there's a lot of uh snake symbology connected to like old 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 goddesses yeah um, that typically it it's also connected to uh the cycles of like when snakes shed their skin is really similar to when women menstruate and like how women shed Mm -hmm. like that part of uh you know their bodies and all that losing the the words for everything but you know what I mean like it's it's uh there's a and there's also like the moon periodicity going into that as well like snakes and the moon and uh there's instinctual stuff that's very similar to cycles of of what some women have have to deal with so yeah and and because like snakes can go in and out of the underworlds right Mm. they are of of death and life yes 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so Arash Kagal is interesting because she was of life, but she went into the underworld and now she is only, only death. Yeah. Death. But Anana is the goddess of heaven and earth that descends into the underworld. She is the one that becomes the threshold. She, 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 she stands between the two. She becomes both. She is both the goddess of the light and the dark of the, of the heavens and of the underworld after mm-hmm. she goes through her descent. Um, and Murdoch says of Anana, who is like Goya equivalent here. She says, as Anana descends into the underworld, she is stripped bare and judged at each of the seven gates. So this is mm-hmm. like how Goya's, first of all, her clothes are always, you know, a big part, stripping her of her clothes, stripping of her, her of things that uh, cover her starlight, essentially. Mm-hmm. But also there are certain steps that she goes through in her confrontation with Rosalind where she is stripped bare emotionally Mm -hmm. and like losing her house and losing the flower shop and having her friends attacked. Yep. All of that is like those stages where she's descending, descending, descending. Um, so she has to, she is, uh, she has to remove parts of her clothing. Anana has to remove parts of her clothing every time she goes through another gate as like a sacrifice. And um, eventually she's stripped completely bare. And when she meets Ereshkigal, finally, when she comes eye to eye with her, Ereshkigal kills her on sight. Mm-hmm. And she puts her on a peg. Like she like, you know, kind of like, like uh, Dracula she, kind she of She sort stuff. of like hangs her. Like she like hangs for everyone her. to see. Yeah. Right, right. She puts her, she puts her there, her, her naked body for everyone to see as like a warning. Yeah. Um, and then when Anana, so then back on the, you know, the surface level, when Anana fails to return after three days, uh, Ninshiber, who is the conning equivalent, it's her, her like lady in waiting, begins to lament and beating her drum circles the house houses of the gods. She goes to Enlil, which is essentially Gawain, the highest god of the sky and earth, right? Because he's the second to um, yeah. Tom. And to Nana, who's essentially MJ here, who is the moon god and Anana's father, but both refuse to meddle in the, na- in the ways of the underworld. Finally, Enki, who's Ren, the god mm-hmm. of waters and wisdom, hears Ninshuber's plea and grieves for Anana. When they find her, only Ereshkigal is able to revive her. So there's something else that happens where uh, Enki takes basically he like creates these two figures that like go into the underworld a a man and a woman but they're like fairies in a sense and he Mm -hmm. and he sends them into the underworld to retrieve anana's body and when they find her they're like she's dead (laughs) like she yeah like we can't bring her back dead and so arishkigal revives her with with not much pressure she's like ah fine i'll just give her back her life that's fine and then they take her back up to um to the real world i don't know what's going to happen in the next step so i don't know who's going to like revive her but essentially this character like with ren 
sending his, you know, his soul essentially out to mm-hmm. the world to find her, to plea with the dark feminine to revive her. That's, that's going to be yeah. what Ren does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to convince her that like, it was all a lie. Yeah. I think is, that's is a big the key. part of it. Yeah. Uh, like what Rosalind pulled on her. Um, do you want to talk about her husband at all? And like, he, I was like, going to talk about that next week. Okay. But, I mean, okay. we can, we can mention I mean, it just, just briefly. Like he doesn't like mourn her loss. No, he takes her throne. He takes her throne. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what hap- what happens is essentially, and we'll read more into this before next week. Cause I, cause I am curious, uh, how it fits, but I'm not entirely he, he sure. He basically becomes a Persephone like figure and has right. to spend half his time in the underworld and half his time. Yeah. I meant, because- I meant like in the, in like F4 Thailand. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, cause well, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, in the future I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know how relevant yeah. it's going to be, but essentially it's that, uh, the, the husband ta- yeah, takes the, or it's, it's her equal at that moment. And he takes the throne, he takes her throne. And yeah. when she comes back, she realizes that the only person that really fought for her was, uh, the Ninshabar, the kind the hunting character, the woman, yeah, uh, she's the one who fought for her and this male character that took her throne essentially betrayed her and she uses that rage and that dark feminine power that she learned in the underworld from Arishkigal to to kill get him. To, to to yeah to essentially yeah. kill him so yeah. <laughs> demons drag him to the underworld yeah but but that's this could all just be very symbolic again like this is this is uh all happening well, he's trapped, internally right like yeah. that's yeah it's all psychological so she's like she knows that he's cursed basically yeah yeah like that's from a from a goya perspective she has cursed him that's why i'm curious to see um how we all come out of this because if you know maybe the mother is involved more heavily which we've talked about that happening then she is the only one that can revive Goya or it's, um, the mom it's Goya's parents and her family Mm -hmm. that revives her. And that's going to be the thing that brings her back, which is probably more likely. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but that's, this is important for the, the, the descent is important. Um, but we don't know at this point what happens, um, with Goya anymore. Like this is, this is it. This is all we know. We just know she left for that province. Um, and we don't know what's happening there. We're going to get all that next week. So it'll be interesting. Um, and then we get this great, we get all the stuff that's happening with Tom one year later. Where is Tom? He's bad at ruling. He's a bad King. Okay. Okay. But let me just say, I know cause uh, like MC has some issues with some of the business stuff, which I love, but I wanted to (laughs) say symbolically, symbolically the graphs behind him, the red, the red bar is the lowest lowest. one. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. That's totally Tom. And he's like, I'm going to just Cut Let's just this. get rid of it and replace of, it. Yeah. Get rid of this red thing that is represents my love and design, yeah. right? Yeah. Planning, design, the entire design team. 
okay. Or the entire business development team. Yeah. So like, like what we were planning on doing, let's just get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. Because, yeah. He's like, Hey, he was like, what are you doing? Oh, like, I wanted to also call out the fact that, uh, Rosalind's dress, it looks very red in this shot. It's actually like kind of pink more so. Um, but, uh, at Sassin Sage on Twitter said that the red pink is like a lunar eclipse. Yeah. And you know, do you know what the lunar eclipse is in like Chinese folklore? Uh, no. The dragon that ate the moon. Oh, of course. Yeah. So it, it also can symbolize uh, the emperor's success because typically like the emperor is also associated with dragons and all yeah. of that. So I also, it, to me, it looked like she was done with her game and she was just like moving on to like yep. rose colored class. Like rose colored clothing because she's I'm now Rosalind. Oh, oh, interesting. Right? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. You know, like she's like, I'm finally able to put be myself the board, board aside and I can be Rosalind again. Right. Um, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. I, I like the idea of the moon symbolism because I think where all this came from was essentially us trying to figure out why she was suddenly wearing red slash pink and then she wears yellow in another scene. Um, and the fact that the moon has, um, and this is mostly coming from at Sassin's Sage and I think Melody, we we're all, we we're all kind of talking about it, um, about how like the moon also pulls on the tides of the earth. And so is pulling on like Goya's like feminine energy essentially. So like there's, we already know, like we have like MJ who's a different type of moon symbolism with that four, mm -hmm. but Rosalind also wears a bunch of moon symbols as earrings she wears like lots mm. of crescents um so she's kind of acting in this way as like a power like she has power over the things like movie the moon typically has power over meaning like she can control an eclipse a harvest moon you know what those mm. things mean or she is lonely totally darkness kind of thing she has that going on as well she has the uh the split dress the black and white Mm -hmm. So she's like the two, you know, like a, the two a sides, half moon. Half moon yeah. 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 So yeah, there's a lot of that going on in this episode suddenly, which is very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So a, it is one of the most costly things to replace an entire team. This is, <laughs> this is a metaphor for him basically saying like, I'm not going to deal with F4, I'm not going to deal with my old life. I'm not going to do anything. Mm. I'm just going to get rid of them. I'm just going to yep. cut off this piece of me, mm -hmm. the red. That's why he gets mad. Mm -hmm. That's why he gets mad at Tia who says like, you went too far. The team was this learning. Team, yeah, this team was, has yeah. been with us. They've been with us for a long time. All you have to do is draft up a plan so that they can like get past this or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, absolutely not. He slams the table down. And I love how the um, camera reacts to it as it, well. It bounces. Yeah. It bounces. Like so much power. Um, Let's talk about his room, his office. His office. Um, he's got the stars in the background, i.e. all of the diamonds. Some of those diamonds mm. have two sides to them that are actually triangles. <laughs> yeah and they're like, interconnected and touching the other one mm -hmm. yeah so interesting I love it um and then we have on his desk we have two kings little two king statues and a queen right next to it because I totally missed that 
he's split and he doesn't know which kind of king he's going to be. I totally missed that. What? They're, they're kings. You can tell. Like, they're because kings. They have the little... Yeah. And then there's a queen. <gasps> Ooh, that's a smaller so queen. Yeah, a smaller, smaller queen. queen. Like so literally the height dis- difference between him yeah. and Koya. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, whoa, what's going on with this? Is it two, ki- two queens and a king? Is it? No, it's. <laughs> two kings because he's like he's cut in half right now he I like how he's also sparkly because like he's a star like (laughs) but he's a dark star he's it's also I also said this about a different I was postulating something differently like I had a different theory about why he was dressed this way but I think that there's some symbolism that's maintained that he it's a part of some kind of magic trick right because he's, he's under part a of the lie yeah, yeah it's part of the lie he's under the spell like yeah all of that so it's 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 magic trick it's not real it's sparkly and is distracting essentially yeah. um and yeah tia says you're becoming more like mother how can you ignore how can you be so ignorant we don't know exactly what she was going to say here um and but that's when he slams the table and again, reacting, yeah, violently reacting, violent, all mm-hmm. of that. Um, I mean, it's less so, but his actions are violent and predatory and yeah. things like that in how he reacts to people around him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, then we go to Ren who, or Ren and Ren and uh, MJ. So Ren goes into this this room, this hotel room oh, it's or cool. whatever. Oh my God. So the flowers on the bed. Ren on this journey, and we've talked about this before about how we can map every single one of these characters yeah. on like hero's journey type of stuff or heroine's journey stuff. He's going deeper into his inner feminine. Like he's mm-hmm. diving deep into his subconscious and trying to find Goya. He's doing the work that Tom is unable to do right now. Like he is, he is diving, diving, diving. Like, I mean, Tom essentially did all of this for himself already, but Ren's doing it on a different level. He's, he's getting to know himself, like what he cares about, what he finds sacred and this room is like symbolic of it because it's covered in pinks and reds and flowers and just this really warm, like almost um romantic yeah kind I actually of thought sexual... it, it it felt romantic and even even um MJ is in pinks instead of purples like they're thinking yeah. of they're thinking of their king and their queen like that's what's going on dude MJ is MJ is even in like he's not wearing a lot of clothing no in this. so it's like it's just more of that imagery of like we want them to be together. Like we want them yeah. to like be together. Like we, we we need Goya back so that uh she provides us yeah. the, fem- the feminine energy that we need. Like yeah, yeah. Really weird. Like yeah. Because Goya was not only we, we like, needed we needed our goddess to balance us out. Yes. Just one just one goddess and her handmaiden balances us all out. <laughs> exactly. Apparently. Yeah. I also love that throughout all of this in the time jump hunting is consistently in her school uniform which yeah. means that she has also sort of regressed so she can't take the place of Goya when Goya is gone like she's not in her typical like after school outfits like she's back in her school uniform the whole time as like a little yep. girl again 
little girl yeah her little bow yeah and, yeah and uh we we see that uh you know they're both trying to find her and they won't admit it to each other that they miss her like yeah. that's part of it right um but then we get this media meteor shower the draconide <laughs> meteor shower which if it if it's named that it's because it originates in the constellation draco i.e the Draco. yeah well so there is a draconix no 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 so the draconix is the one they say so they say draconix draconix sorry right yes. but there that's not real so there no. is a draconid yeah meteor shower that takes place in october and this is supposed to be june yeah so they made this one up for the show yeah like what you're, and they, what you're, and they're what saying you're it can saying. be seen yeah they're right. they're saying they can see it anywhere in the world which is not true like, yeah that would never be true no, you can't do that uh shout out to subway <laughs> dates who who pointed this out which was great because it fits all of our snake and dragon symbolism that we're getting <laughs> which is like something that she that um rosalind did mm. will bring goya back that is what is being said Mm. something that she did and truthfully to me it's the revelation of the lie because we see ren instantly see that goya is not living at large with a big fat check full of money yeah right he sees her schlepping fruit yeah right she's not the person that she made herself out to be so the lie is instantly revealed which was from rosalind yeah, exactly. Rosalind has brought back Goya unintentionally and she falls back into the meteor garden. Yeah, because, yeah. And again, like, because Rosalind, didn't, like you said, didn't have a plan uh, when all this, because she didn't know. She had no plan. She didn't know that <laughs> she the didn't F4... think she was going to, she didn't think the death fate was going to work. Like, yeah, yeah. It was her like last ditch effort. It really was. It really was. Uh, but it's so funny because like at that moment, like Rin does actually wish upon the, the falling stars. Yeah. Right. Cause they, cause they say it in like the media thing, they say yeah. like, oh, did you know, like speaking can... of beliefs, you can wish upon a falling star and maybe your wish will come true. Exactly. So, uh, honeying and Rin and that moment, again, this goes back to like the fact that like the, the myth of Inanna, that these two kind of characters, these two figures are are the only ones that are going to be able to like find her and uh they both wish upon the stars in that moment and that is when ren sees her in the television and this is how it happens i think in the manga this is how it happens in like mini versions they find her through some kind of um uh yeah kind of television program or something like that yeah it's yeah yeah she's spotted when she's not expected to be spotted yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, they sit, they go on to the next, a uh, new story, which is that the economy is in a slump and the real estate boom is having a negative effect on agriculture, which, which goes back to something that's been really important from the beginning, but they haven't talked about it in a while. What happens in the sky affects, affects the, the soil. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everything like this is, it goes back to the, these myths of um you know vengeful gods and how they affect whether or not we have a fruitful harvest like, this is yeah. literally that like this is where so many of our myths come from things are not all right 
in the in the sky that's why we don't have a fruitful harvest this this year or yeah you know we have to sacrifice more next to year the gods to the gods yeah. Yeah. yeah or or we won't have a harvest because the gods control the weather the the everything exactly yeah. and this is literally like real estate is having a negative effect on agriculture <laughs> yeah it's not it's not something that we would normally be like uh yeah how 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 i mean i probably i mean i probably fairy tale connect the, but yeah it's very fairy tale it's very it's great it's great yeah. and i love it and i love it i love it so much uh, but they say yeah these these groups of farmers they're um suffering right now in this region so that's when Ren figures out. Did you see the thread? Yeah. Did you see the thread about this region that uh, at Loaded Tachos pointed out? Loaded Tachos, all the good threads. Uh, I did see it. Uh, I didn't have a chance to read it before we were recording. So. All right. I will summarize. Sum it up. I will summarize. Uh, I don't know how to say the region. It's like pet or like Fetcharburi. I don't know. Uh, this this region of Thailand is where King Rama IV built an observatory into his palace there. And it's a palace on top of a hill, by the way. So he built an observ observatory there to satisfy his fascination with telescopes and astronomy. Oh my God. Yeah. It was here. He famously watched a solar eclipse on August 18th, 1868, which I'm so glad she included the date. I don't know if that's ever going to be relevant, but it's there. Um, and then I did some more digging. Basically, the palace here used to be used by, you know, the Thai royal family, as that summary like suggests. Uh, it is no longer used by the royal family. It is now just kind of like this decrepit old museum. Mm. But they still follow certain protocols to respect the site and its royal heritage. So- ah. It's an abandoned palace with an observatory. <laughs> that is where and that's, Goya and, is. and that's where her people are from. Yeah, that's where her family's from. She's really an, interesting. She's that, an old queen. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like from an ancient hidden royal line or something. There's such a rich yeah. uh, mythology on that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like Rama is like a common name for the Kings of Thailand and mm -hmm. like it's Parama group. Okay. Para it's like Paramanthana or something. It's like, there's a longer name that they have, yeah, but, but Rama they shorten is in it there. to pa, like Rama, respectful Rama, mm -hmm. like P Rama. That's really interesting. I wonder if any like Thai speakers can give us some more insight I, into that. It's it's weird. It looks weird when it's written. I'm like, oh, that's a, yeah, that is the the classic name of the kings. Like, there's like so many Ramas. Yeah, in the the royal line. Yeah, and 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 what I was gonna say too about the yeah, like the fact that she's like the secret queen kind of thing. Like we talked about this in the Starbride yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. If you if you are meant to be a Starbride, you're already you, a star yep bride. you've always been yep you've yeah. always been royal essentially yeah uh so this and this, this also ties to secret goddess stuff too right like yeah. everybody all women on this journey this goddess journey are yeah. actually a goddess on the inside and they kind of discover it when they go back to their 
roots. Exactly. And, and typically it'll just manifest itself in this trope of, oh, look, you actually come from this ancient line of yep. royalty. And, and I'm not saying that's like a, a good trope. I'm just saying like, this is, this is the trope. This is how it it's, manifests it's sometimes. So storytelling shortcut. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. not, it's not happening here, but the roots of it are there. And who um, knows? They could, they could be like, oh yeah, you're from ancient <laughs> royal line. She'd be like, huh, that's interesting. Still picking up Durans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It wouldn't matter much to this story, uh, but it does yeah. in some others, but anyways, anyways, so uh all right we so the zoom go... in which he realized all oh, that moment when he's like oh there so she good. is that's why i kept it it's just like i yeah. just like it so much because they don't show her they just show his reaction and it's it's like i finally found her like i did it he's so he's so relieved to finally have found <laughs> yeah. her um and oh. and and we know that he doesn't go to her. He goes to Tom. Well, cause he always has to offer to like the, the thing is like in all of these versions, yeah. the secondary lead all, oh, this is going to be important. The secondary lead always <laughs> offers to the main lead to like go after her and he refuses. Yeah. And then that sort of gives him his like, not Opening. an in, mm-hmm. but like, like his, like, well, then you never deserved her. Exactly. So, so there's going to be a question of whether Tom is actually ready to be with Goya from Ren. Yeah. It's going to be quick, but it's going to be important. Yeah. Yeah. So let me go to <sighs> the boardroom meeting uh, where Rosalind is wearing yellow. And yeah. Like her- a rose and it's wrapped like rose like yeah cool her earrings kind of fade from like uh white to yellow which i took that as like the fact that i i i don't know why i interpreted it like this but i was like oh she's like burning up in the atmosphere like you know falling kind of thing uh but she's i don't i don't know what it is i don't i really don't know what it is um i liked the idea of the the harvest moon symbolism um, the assassin sage were you were talking about um it was kind of interesting but and the fact Our, that like big things happen after you know harvest moon so right um okay so this business 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 stuff that's happening we signed an mou that is <laughs> that is a memorandum of un, of understanding i yeah I know what that stands you, for you gave us lots of money and yeah. we're just going to take it. Yeah. That's basically like, okay. So essentially what they are is killing this company and taking everything from it. Yeah. Like that's what's happening. And, and there's a lack of integrity and like honor that's happening here. Cause like in, in these sort of agreements, you abide them that's the point of them yeah yeah they're, exactly they're not they're not contractually binding but the, no the point of an mou is is a respect for like yeah. each other's like we're not going to sign a contract because we trust each other and <laughs> in bell hooks the big thing that is missing from men who uh are under patriarchal culture who 
are separated from their emotions is they have no integrity. They haven't integrated their emotions. Right. And so this comes out as they will do one thing in one environment and they will do another thing in another environment. They are able to kind of transform themselves depending on the needs of the environment. They, They could be like, yes, I care about the environment and then be in a company that destroys the environment. That's the kind yeah. of thing. Like yeah. he thinks he's being a good leader, but he's actually being a monster. Yeah. Right? He's being Rosalind's monster or a dog. Like she's, at, he's at her command. Mm-hmm. Um, another really interesting thing is that he's wearing blue with a blue diamond tie because mm-hmm. he's unwilling to act. And so he needs Ren to like show up and be like, confront him he's like calling out for ren with his color yeah yeah like being like hey yeah this is (laughs) is a bad situation i need my buddy but But he's also like you know diamonds which is like stars right yeah yeah i i've I've learned the show does this thing where you'll see a character wearing an outfit and you'll be like i don't understand how this fits the scene and it's because it's not for that scene. It's for, it's for the next one. Next yeah. scene. Yeah. So the fact that Ren shows up, you're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. He was calling out for him. And also like, you know, being unable to act or right. like unwilling to act is also like a negative connotation with blue or yeah. Being, like it's that depressed depression and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of just floating. Um, and that's, and that's, it does fit this scene in that way because he looks to his mom. His mom at one point speaks up for him yeah, and says, no, this is what this is about. This is where, where we're at, you know? Yeah. And, um, and your weakness was why we were able to take advantage of you. Again, bell yeah, hooks, like the weakness, like your job as a dominator mm-hmm. in a patriarchal culture is to control and dominate those that are weaker than you so it was actually your fault I took advantage of you yeah yeah exactly yep that's what she says it's awful it's awful she's the worst she is the worst so we and then get this, this great God, I, scene. I, I freaked out when he started to wash his face and then he was struck with all of these memories <laughs> because again water is related to getting rid of memories i.e the river river life yeah um and also water is about regaining memories i.e diving into your subconscious and dealing with things yeah there's also a lot of reflection symbolism going on in the show and this is what breaks gawin out of his underworld is when he sees the reflection or he sees in the glass, he sees his memories in the glass, yeah. in the water. And or, he was swimming you know. when he was remembering, um, yeah. you know, like his relationships of the past. And he, yeah, anyways, like, yeah, there's water like, and, reflections yeah. are really important. Yeah. Glass mask stuff. Glass <laughs> mask. He sees, he sees himself and he's like, oh, because I mean the water and then they pull the scenes with the water, like both her coming to him. Yep. the start of her saying yes and then her saying no like mm. all together in the water it's all tied like I because, had yeah I had so much hope and then she threw it all back in my face because water is fundamentally a fertility symbolism that you need <laughs> to grow mm-hmm. and he's like no I don't he's I don't, stuck I don't want to grow yeah <laughs> growing is hard and it hurts. Okay. He's it's funny. Cause he's, he's not even in anything that like rep represents him. Like even like the sparkly suit, like 
none of that is Tom. There's no, no. animal symbolism. There's no, There's no red. No red. It's all yeah. this fake, 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 you know, uh, magic trick type of stuff. It's all a lie. Um, mm. and, and he knows that and he has to face that for a split second and look at himself in the mirror. Ren, I should have known that you showed up. We're going to show up because all <laughs> I had was blue shirts in my closet this morning. <laughs> exactly. And Ren, and Ren here, coincidentally, what is Ren wearing? Only brown. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, and white. Oh, He's no. wearing white pants. He's wearing a pink shirt underneath. He's wearing a pink shirt. I can't tell. It's pink. It's pink. Aww. It's pink. So not only is it a pink shirt underneath his, his brown shirt, that brown shirt is leather. Is it? Yeah, it is. If you look. Oh my God. So- they're like reversed. Yeah. He's like trying to remind him of his, of his, like who he truly is and that his love is waiting for him somewhere. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, I'm willing to be an animal to find her. Yeah. What have you been doing? Yeah. Look at <laughs> you're wearing a blue shirt. You're stuck. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You can see it there too. Uh, the more of that, like kind of leather look. Oh, now. let me see. Oh my God. It is. Yeah. And it's the like pink a- shirt underneath. Yeah. Ren, why are you dressed like Tom? Tom, love- why are you dressed like Ren? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it's nuts. I didn't even notice that. That's I can't believe you didn't notice that. that. Oh, I just. Oh, I was... I also, he also has these bracelets on, which calls back to the whole indie thing. You know, the yeah. fact that he's like been journeying around. He's yeah. almost like been like collecting these like these tokens of his of his journey, and he's like been growing himself in this way. So this is proof of it, like on his wrist. And yeah. now he's there showing Tom like what have you been doing? (laughs) Yeah. You haven't been growing. Um, Her hair is like not in the sprout anymore at all. No, it's in this half pony. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, or a full pony in the picture. Full pony. Yeah. Yeah. Like her hair is full. Mm. I'm so excited (laughs) to see what has been going on with her. I know. Um, Like, I am so excited. There's, um, I think, Noodle Doodle, uh, uh, Huzaima, I, I don't know exactly how to say her name on Twitter, did a, did a tweet thread about the canals and the symbolism about mm-hmm. her making her way through this and the, about the fact that these canals used to be all throughout Bangkok as well, mm. these water canals. And they've obviously been since paved over into roads because canals used to be roads uh, for yeah. a lot of people in a lot similar of similar to like Venice, right? Like, yeah. If, for the West people here who, yeah. Yeah. It was very, and, and, and that's, and they move through the canals in a very similar way, uh, to like places like Venice, like they move through with that, that pole and pushing themselves through the canal. Like this is very, it's very underworld symbolism as well with like the yeah. river sticks and like yep. pushing your way through the river. Um, again, there's massive amounts of wild woman symbolism because you need to go back to the forest. You need to go back to being moist. You need to go back to being dirty to reclaim Mm. the bones of yourself, sing to them and regrow your power. Absolutely. Absolutely. There there's go back to the basics. You have to go back to the basics. 
Uh, there's, and, and this is so interesting because, you know, this is the land of her ancestors. So I don't know, like if anybody's ever seen like your name, uh, in your name, there's a lot of symbolism with the fact that, uh, the girl makes the sake and then like, it's a part of her like ancestry, like they make sake, but then when you make sake, you have to add some of your actual spit to it. Um, and then the guy in the future drinks the sake. So it's like this big, like thing. Anyways, uh, there's all of this symbolism tied up in like, um, ancestral places. Like it, that's cause the sake is placed in like a cave that belongs to her ancestors. And that's the only way that he finds it. So like, if you know it, you know it, if you don't, I'm sorry, glaze over this, <laughs> But the the whole the symbolism of her being back where her like ancestors are from and like her mm-hmm. family, it's not just her like immediate family, but like her line is from there. She is able to cultivate, she's able to mm-hmm. create something and maybe cross your fingers, give something to Tom from this experience that he can eat and he can ingest and he can take inside of him to help him move on to the next part of his yeah. journey. Cause he needs energy right now. Cause he's stuck. Um, yeah, exactly. I really want to go into the handless maiden, but I think I'm going to save it for next time because mm. it's just, it, it ties really well into where she's at. And, yeah. um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about this week, but there's yeah we don't know what we, yeah we, we don't, don't know, know what she's what... going through right now yeah yeah and like the thing is about these archetypes is that like when characters plug into them they're just plugging into like our own subconscious right and it's a reflection of that these are these stories are speaking to us because we're projecting ourselves onto them yeah and sometimes a different archetype or a different perspective because folklore and transformational storytelling changes over time. There might be a more correct analogy once we get to mm. where, where she actually is. Right. Um, then we have to see how the, how the creators kind of play it out. But uh, I cannot mm. believe how excited I am that a, she's in the middle of a forest and B she's mm. on the water. Like yeah. it's, it couldn't have got better than that. And then it like, did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> because and like, of the pole and the boat and all of that. Yeah. And oh like, she's, God. and she's like working. Here. Yeah. So like, that's, yeah. that's also so important. She's gardening. She's, she's farming. She's got all of that. Yeah. So good. Do we want to talk about speculation? Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's look at the preview. There was some stuff that we didn't go into before that we can talk about now because this is going to be spoilery talk we're going to talk about the stuff that um happens in the other versions that could potentially be spoilers for this version so let's talk about it um are we going to get a version of the bus scene we talked about it last week but where do you where are you standing now uh, well, I was doubting we would get to Singapore. I don't know if she's actually going to go to Singapore <laughs> or if they're just going to bring her, they're going to kidnap her too. Yeah. And just bring yeah. them together. 
I think that's, I agree. I think they're just going to kidnap them. I don't think Goya is going to be in, I don't think Goya is going to be in Singapore. I just don't think so. Traditionally, uh, Tom either comes and decides to come and see her, but decides not to interact. He just watches Ren and her from afar. Mm. Um, the kidnapping is so interesting. Um, yeah, I we know that like from the previews that Ren goes to her physically, which means that Tom decided to not go. Um, yeah. so he he chooses to stay behind. Sometimes he comes, but like he comes late and then sees them together and like decides he's like not worthy. But I don't know how much time they have to do stuff. Yeah, um, we do see that like people are mad at the Paramount group. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of stuff that happens in the Hanayori Dango version that leads up to kind of like this, the, I don't know if it's stabbing in that one, but the, the amnesia plot. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's like the village that gets mad at him The in the, in the, I have to, I have to actually rewatch it. I literally just read the synopsis today and I was like, oh my God, that's right. Like yeah. <laughs> he goes to the village to find her, to get her. And then he's confronted by the people of the village and they like attack him or something yeah and that's when he because they're like upset at the at the group at the company and that's how we go into the amnesia plot so i feel like we're gonna we might get a version of that we also might not because the fact that the kidnapping is shown in the preview makes me think that it's going to be this combination of the the kidnapping and the amnesia plot at least the start of the amnesia plot at the end of the episode maybe right or... like more like the like more like meteor garden 20 2018 like yeah. where they they're returning like... back together and he gets hurt yeah and then then we'll get into episode 16 and denouement which i have been asking for yeah, I think because this is perfect though. If they set it up this way, we could get the next episode uh provides that uh the end of it could be like I don't recognize you, right? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the final episode could be uh resolution maybe of that and the anymore. first yeah. two parts maybe could be the well we need amnesia. we need final resolution with need, Rosalyn right and we need atonement from Rosalyn which right. is a lot we probably are going to need some level of history although I don't know how much history we need because all of the sins are what she's done to the world and to her son right yeah so yeah I don't know that we'll get like her history of anything because her history has been on display since the beginning of the show anything that she needs mm. to, to be healed from you know what i just thought of too so i've been mm. i've been like i've been thinking about this bus scene for so long i'm like i want this i know to you're i know so you bad. want it's so good it's so good and they have bus history <laughs> yeah it would be really great i wonder if they're gonna combine the bus scene oh, but then the kidnap i don't know how the kidnapping fits in i'm just like don't know how this fits together but i mean i've been saying that this whole series but uh is that green car they, toms i don't know is he, did he buy a green car just to be like green is your favorite color goya here i am with my green car <laughs> <laughs> maybe i do know you know what shirt she's wearing though uh in most of these previews she's red wearing, 
that red the, shirt with the black rose on it black rose yeah 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 it go it's my like, love shirt that's <laughs> i love i love my dark monster yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly she's thinking about him in his monstrous state because she knows yeah. he's there but she's and- not there's a shot of her looking at her phone. I wonder if she's looking at like his struggles. I like him, his struggles with, we, we want like bad paramount, like the X signs and stuff. Like maybe he's like, maybe she's like, like he's lost without me. They're making it seem like, all right. My theory, they're making it seem like he gets kidnapped and that video is posted to show to Goya, like Goya sees the video of him having been I don't, kidnapped. I don't think that's okay. Okay. But, okay. But, but hear me out. Hear me yeah. out. This is all orchestrated by F4, just like it is in other yeah. versions to get her to go to him. They kidnap him. They like kidnap they do him. in the airport. Yes. But yes. then she comes to rescue him. Right. Just because they also know, because they know because Tom went to her when he got a picture of her having been kidnapped. <laughs> so it happens in reverse yeah. and they orchestrate this so that she goes to him. And then, and then I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God, so kills me. So what but is I feel pa- like the, okay. The bus has, the bus scene has to happen at some point. I think it might happen before that. Anyways, I don't know. 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 So when does the rent scene happen where he's like, uh, no. Cause wait, so he Tom can't. is going to, Tom is going to turn Ren down. That's for sure. Going to happen. He's not going to leave in that moment. Ren is going to leave and go to Goya. Then we get the beach scene with Goya and her family. We're going to get a bunch of background with like what she's been up to and how she's been growing. Yeah. We're going to get the beach scene with her brother, her and Ren. Mm. Right. Tom could be there by then and left Singapore on his own or he doesn't leave and he's kidnapped and then they send Goya but I don't think we're getting a bus scene or the bus scene happens (laughs) or we just don't know and because and because Tom had three three seconds of footage yeah of course Tom, Tom is kidnapped after the bus scene uh Goya is not going to Singapore. Can we agree on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not happening. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree on that. They're gonna, yeah. be, they're gonna be back in Bangkok somehow. I yeah. just want to like I want to throw whatever I have right now and just like watch it stick to the wall because like <laughs> like I have never been right about anything with the show. Like I've been I've been right about like very cerebral, like big we're like, things. We're right about the fact that. The symbols were correct. Yeah, the symbols are all like we write about the symbols, but like <laughs> I like I'm right about like the journeys. Like I, I'm yeah. like yeah, like, like the I know structure and the symbols. That's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to plot, like oh, you can count no. me out. I mean, oh, I just saw something interesting. What? Um, okay, so top left one. Yeah. Uh, when she is running down, there's a red rope tied around one of the banisters at the very, very beginning after he yells, Goya, after her dad yells for her. Yeah. And she comes running. Look at the banister. There's a red rope tied around it. I don't know. It's like, whatever. Okay. Red string of fate. Yep. <sighs> Next episode's going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. And, you know, it's going to end it with him 
being stabbed. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Either being stabbed or I think he's going to be stabbed and in the hospital. And then it'll, the next episode after that, we'll start out with him mm. having amnesia. I agree. It's, it's such so- a, like, I literally think that's how Meteor Garden 2018 ended an episode. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like so essentially like for those that are like, what are you talking about? Okay. Um, all <laughs> of the bad stuff that Rosalind has been doing will have come to fruition and literally some angry person will go after Tom to get back at her to get back and the at company. the company. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he ends up in the hospital and this is the impetus for all of the transformation and change because mm. her bad deeds have hurt him yeah exactly this angry group that we see that's like protesting outside of the building or whatever like that's typically where that's going to happen um with meteor garden 2018 it was like when they came back from the island and like this this group was like on the pier and some and then somebody like stabbed him there so but we also got a fake out in Meteor Garden with the amnesia. no amnesia. Yeah. It was like fake out. Had, he was like, I we can't had the remember, starvation but... plot instead, yep. right? Yep. Which was yep. just as dramatic. But I, I mean, I think we're pretty sure we're getting the amnesia plot. Yeah. We're pretty sure about that. Yeah. Oh, which God. they can do well because they've done other plots that I'm like, eh, about. <laughs> the amnesia plot is more like fairy tale it's more yeah. like he's he's woken up from a spell and is, yep. can finally be himself and is is fully a man and all of those lovely things absolutely absolutely yeah. and the, the and, what's going to make him remember her and them is going to be something really magical and in the honey or dango it was like i don't i don't know if it was exactly she did bake him cookies but i don't know if that's what actually woke him up from i think it might have been um, like in in the in the Korean one, it was her lunch boxes that she made. Yes, up. yes, yes, yes. Food, right? Like she feeds Food. him and he is able to. I don't know what it's going to be in this one. I feel like it would be just the fact, like it could be, it, I feel like it could just be something so simple. Like just the fact that he is like, you know, dominated by her. Like she gets yeah, on top like, of I mean, him. We have or... that scene of her yelling at him that we haven't yeah. seen yet. And yeah, that could be what reminds him. Cause he has the same look on his face as when she kicked him and then was on top of him. And that could be enough. Like, yeah, yeah. I but think then, so. But then I hope he grabs her and kisses her. <gasps> right. Cause then that would be like the, like spell is broken kiss. Oh. But like from her, from him to do. Oh no. Like she's, she's on top of him and he kisses her. You're getting my hopes. Up. Oh no. If this doesn't happen, I'm going to be so upset. Oh my God. That would be dope. Then everybody be like, oh, that kiss. It would be so magical. Mm-hmm. Well, kisses so are, magical. kisses are like spell breakers, right? So it doesn't necessarily <sighs> need to be like her initiating the kiss because that would be bad because he doesn't remember her but if he suddenly remembers her and then kisses her that's like a completion of their like I know when to use what powers and mm. you're on top of me but I'm kissing you stuff yeah. yeah it would it would kind of flip everything and and make everything like suddenly very equal on both parts yeah because yeah. she's like dominating him but yeah yeah he kisses her yeah oh then they're equals I have an idea for a fic 
yeah. <laughs> regardless where this goes, I have a really good idea for a fic. That's really cool. I love that. All right. Yes. Uh, this show, um, we said it at the beginning, this but show. I'll say it again. What <sighs> is this show? It's the coolest thing I've ever watched. That's what it is. It just feels unreal. Like I know yeah. that we're like witnessing it and like recording our thoughts as we go, but I'm like, how much effort? Because mm. so much of this is purposeful. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's a lot. I mean, we know they they had like two years. This has been going on. Um, that they've been writing and producing and like prepping and like all this stuff like this has been going on for a long time they're still editing for for all we know i mean this is this is nuts this is nuts i'm shocked by it i i can't believe they had a lot baked in from the beginning we can see the parts and this will be really interesting uh, kind of towards the like the very very end when we talk about things after the fact after things is finished we can go back and we can see the plot points that they maybe set up that they never. Yeah. We'll be able to tell a lot more about what they maybe couldn't keep in because of time and stuff like that. Um, Point one yeah. basketball basketball. Yeah. Yep. The athletic scholarship. We have some cool news. Yeah. We're going to do an after show that is going to be on the week after the last episode airs this is going to help yeah. us it's going to give us enough time to put the things together that we need to put together and it's going to air at the same time that f4 thailand usually airs on saturdays so if you're in the western hemisphere that is around uh 9 45 a.m eastern time uh or if you're on the other side of the world, that's going to be in the evening around the same time in the evening. And we're so, going to do a, it's going to be live. So we're going to interact with the audience in the chats and yes, it's going to be, be able to answer, answer some questions. We've got some cool stuff we're working on. Um, yeah. We thought it would be a really fun thing to like celebrate the show as well as to talk about some of the things we never got to talk about. Yeah. The length of the show. We want to talk about, yeah, we want to talk about all the stuff that didn't come to fruition. We also want to talk about all the couples and like their different journeys. We want to talk about, uh, the fandom. That's mm -hmm. a big thing that we really want to do. Uh, we want to interact with the chat so that we can actually chat with people live. Um, and people can get their like final thoughts out and we can all talk about it together. I think it's that's going to be really a bit cool. of a celebration too, of yep. what we've all been through, because this has been a journey <laughs> It's definitely for all of us. Right. And F4 yeah. obsessed and like the really cool community that's coming. Like we talked about how many people were like, that was cool analysis we saw on Twitter and like all the cool comments and everything. We want to celebrate this show mm. with all of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm going to get emotional if I, <laughs> if I think about it too hard. Like, honestly, that's, uh, it's really hard for me. Uh, but yeah, like, honestly, uh, just, look out for the details on that. We're going to, we're going to start 
promoting it a lot more, but that will be the Saturday following the last final, uh, final episode. And hopefully you guys show up and just, you know, come hang out with us on that. It's going to be really fun. We're obviously the 16th, gonna... the 16th, April 6th. yeah, April 16th. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. We have a special surprise for people that's being planned. So uh, that's going to be premiering when we, when we do the video. So please just join us for that. It's going to be really fun. Um, and we're also, we're going to really celebrate like the fandom experience, I think, um, as much as we possibly can. So just look out for that. Look out for the details for that. Um, yeah. It's going to yeah. be fun. It's going to be so, fun. So like what we can even do is uh, before the last episode, we'll actually set it as a scheduled mm-hmm. live, um, live show, live, live stream. Yeah. Live like, stream. Yeah. On premiere. your channel. Mm-hmm. And then you can just like set a notification or uh, get a reminder for it. And then you'll, yep. it'll like pop up if you've got um, reminders for Wit and Folly set on your phone and of course we'll be tweeting it out as it's going to be happening but we wanted to make it at a time where we can get like the most people mm-hmm. from all over the world and that includes Thailand yeah <laughs> some of our some of our audiences in Thailand um a lot of our audiences in Thailand according Philippines, to the stats yeah Philippines mm-hmm. um North America Europe will hopefully be able to get like as many people as possible time zone wise. So yeah, it is really early, especially for Pacific coast (laughs) folks. Uh, But we hope you won't mind this one time to be part of this experience and celebration. Absolutely. And if you can't be there for it, uh, when it is live, it is going to be available to watch later. You just won't be able to be a part of the live chat, um, but you will be able to kind of experience it after the fact with, you know, to see how everything happened and whatnot. So, but, but yeah, we'll be talking about this for a while. I'm really excited. Please let us know in the comments as usual, what you thought of this episode. I would probably already have most of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, just stick with us till the end. Cause it's going to be really fun. Make sure you hit the notification bell for stuff like the show that we have coming up and for anything else that we might do randomly special wise or whatever. Um, and follow us on Twitter, obviously share the video on Twitter, share it on whatever social media platform you would like to share it on. Keep the hype up because it's worth it. It's going to be so much fun. So yeah, we're excited to be on this journey with you all. And we really appreciate that you've stuck with us this far. So thank you. Cheers. Cheers.